Hello, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy May 28th. We are on the 15th episode of the Relevant Podcast, and I apologize for my heavy breathing because I was in a rush. Um, I apologize extremely not only to Jason, but to everyone for just being an asshole. Um, uh, so I was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was kind of rushing because... My sister just came back from college, and we were just dicking around on Star Wars Battlefront. So, yeah, I was about to say I was looking on Discord. I was like playing Battlefront, like this motherfucker. How the fuck does it know that? That's really weird. Are you playing it on the computer? No. What were you playing it on? My, my Xbox. Uh, I guess do you have Discord connected to it. Oh wait, is Discord like? Can you link it with your Xbox account or something? Yeah, because that's how you can do, like, game uh, chat and shit. I, okay, I got you. For some reason, I just thought it was some weird-ass, like... I was like, how the fuck does it know that? I was I was legitimately freaked out at first. But I'm magic, bitch. I have a camera in your room. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, okay, either the government's spying on me, which they are, or Jason is fucking spying on me, which I hope he's not. <laughs> I jerk off to you every night before I go to sleep. Um, calm down. No. <laughs> that is not okay alrighty so you listened to the whole thing of Opia right I did yeah so the recommendation everyone was Tool's original EP it was their debut like their of, of anything they'd ever done I think right I think they had like a a demo before this one okay. but it was okay. it was very very fucking raw and i think it had stuff from undertow like i think sober was on there um a couple other things but this was their first official demo they released i think or their first album i don't know what they consider it okay yeah so we listened to this one it's from 1992 um it's it's really short right because it's an ep um Jason obviously had listened to this more than I had because I am very familiar with Tool's five studio albums, but I had never actually listened to this. And Jason was just curious to know what my thoughts on it were. So. So what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> um, I, okay, I'll tell you this. Initially, I was like, eh? And like, I was just kind of underwhelmed because I, and, and bear with me. Because, like, I was just so used to, like, listening to the newer spiritual tool and not so yeah. much, like, their their early kind of, like, harder, grungy, darker stuff. Um, so, I listened to it initially for the first time when I was commuting something for, like, a, like a job site in at, at my job. Like, I just had to deliver a paint or something like that. And I was like, I was not in the right state of mind to listen to it, you know, because that is, that is really important for me is like just being in the right state of mind when I'm consuming not just things for this podcast, but when I'm trying to just judge something or critique anything, I want to be in the right state of mind because I don't want anything inhibiting my ability to see what the, the thing in question has to offer. Right. So especially if you're going to look at it from an analytical standpoint too. Exactly. So then I listened to it again um, today outside of work and I was like, Huh, this is like actually a really good debut. Um, like I, I know it's not an album, but it's like it's a very good debut from a from from Tool. Um, because like an, initially I thought it was kind of 
I thought it was like underdeveloped. I thought it wasn't as sophisticated, but then I was listening to it again and like just like the riffs on like the opening riff on Sweat and um I loved Cold and Ugly Jerk Off. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, these are weird titles, but the um, fucking uh my favorite parts are the intros of those two songs. Of of <laughs> I think, Cold and Ugly and Jerk Off. Yeah, this this the stupid monologue that he does in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, they're exclusive live versions, correct? Yeah, a lot of them are live versions. Um, and that's, like, enti- like you saying, like, being underdeveloped. Like, this is probably the most raw that they've – the most raw material that they've ever released. Um, um, but initially, I like, – I, yeah, sorry. You can keep going. Well, I was just going to say, like, the mixing on it is really fucking phenomenal. And I think it's a lost art because you go, like – that's why most bands these days can't do a live album because the sound is just god-fucking-awful. Even the one that comes through the board. So I think that's like, especially in the '90s, the 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 art of live albums really was at its peak. I think. Yeah, I I didn't know that specifically, but I just, yeah I was just listening to like Cold and Ugly and Jerk Off, and I was just I knew they were live albums just because of the initial you know part in the beginning, but later on in the song I it complete I forgot that there was were even live tracks, you know. Like yeah. it's just like you said, the mixing was so good. Like the actual performance was really good. You know, like you were saying yeah. how like there's some bands that are just they're good studio bands, but they're not good performers and vice versa and stuff like that. Yeah, I think the reason why it's difficult, because obviously you have to do it in one take. Right. Or like you you record a bunch of times where you played it out and then you pick the best one out of that bunch. But you can't stop and start over like piece by piece or how you mainly do it today. But the other thing, too is not only like the sound being shit but it's just very difficult to get a good live sound and especially recorded on an album but the other thing is like i don't think they've ever released any other parts of those songs and like they never re-record them like that's it they never did this ever again no i like those two songs like that that's what you hear is what it is like there's no oh, official recording of those two I songs see. i see it, they're all they're exclusively live songs which i think is really cool that they never re-recorded them they just left them because they were so good they just kept them on the demo and that yeah was it. i yeah and i like that because i am more than happy with the the versions we have you know yeah um yeah because um, there's like the i i still am meaning to show this to you like there's this there's this god tier version like this live version of the Holy Trinity, it is just—it's phenomenal. Like the mixing and just like the way they do the riffs and like the little extra things yeah. they add, it's just—it's such a testament to me because I have never been to a concert. So like, I still like when I'm critiquing bands of like like oh I like this band or I don't like this band or whatever. It's just like I fr- I completely forget to take into account like oh are they good live or are are they just a good studio band? Because I'm not really thinking about that. So, I mean, short answer, there are a lot of bands that are really good live, but like I said, the sound of most venues is awful, and the gear that most people play with is all digital, and it sounds like shit, so, like like I said, like that's why live albums kind of peaked in the late 90s slash early 2000s or whatever, because the gear they had back then was just phenomenal. A lot of them were amps from the 70s or 80s that mm. will never be made that way again, or never be made that well again, really. Right. So, that's why I think it's, like, and especially with them, because I've seen them live maybe... I've seen them live twice. I was gonna see them three times, but COVID fucked that up. Man, but I like having like all like their light show is incredible. The fucking way they do all of the visuals is awesome. But they also the extra subtleties that they add to the live show that they don't have on the recording is really nice. Like Adam Jones will throw in a little bit of 
extra sounds that are on the album. Maynard plays with his voice a little bit differently on some of the tracks that you listen to them and like, oh shit, I wish he would have done that on the album sometimes. That's me, man. Um, but like, yeah. Um, you know when bands do that where like they'll sing something in like a different way and it's just like you can tell they're just doing it to do something slightly different and it just is so yeah. annoying. It's like when people do their their stupid like renditions of the national anthem. It's like what the fuck? Like can yeah, you just sing like it? The, a... Yeah, like can you just sing the normal fucking melody? Like <laughs> you're just it's way too forced. Like they're trying to yeah. make it a conscious stylistic choice, but they're also doing it off the cuff and it just doesn't work. These ones, because like just for being a musician myself, I there's times where I've recorded a song and then I'll kind of play around with it just to see like you know if I can take it in a different direction. And then there's that one thing that's just oh this really fucking fits in the song, and I wish I would have done that on the recording. So I think people do that and they play it that way live. Gojira does that a lot too. They'll they'll play like extra melodies that they don't have. Like there's a lot of times where they'll hold out chords and notes on the recording, but live they'll add an extra little melody to fill in between the spaces. So mm. I like when bands do that. They don't just like make a forced decision just to change the sound for no reason. They kind of add little subtle things that really like exemplify the music. Yeah, and like you run into that problem. Or amplify it rather. Right, and you also run into that problem not in like just this medium, but also in film. Like when they're remaking a movie and they just change yeah. things for like no fucking reason. It's like, and it just like it completely ruins the whole dynamic of like a certain character arc, or and and, and all this stuff like Scar. Like, I, I remember I was watching the YMS review of it, and it was genius how he pointed out how in the original Lion King, Scar, um, like, you, he knew the, 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 the hyenas, and, like, you can tell he was already in cahoots with them, like, before the hyenas were even, like, even before, like, they were even, um, like, met up afterwards, after he had tried to kill Simba, before the Be Prepared song, but in the film version... He decides to team up with them. I mean, I'm not sorry, not the film. Like in in the remake, Scar decides to to join forces with them after they had like tried to kill Simba and all that stuff. So that doesn't even make sense because it's like then like why were they there trying to kill Simba if they weren't with Scar? Like it, it, they just completely ruins this thing, and it just is like proves how these like people don't understand the original material and it's <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, I think my problem with remakes or anything that just gets a modern rendition of something old is that, I mean, it's pretty apparent in our media, they're just trying to sell sensationalism. Like, they're just trying to sell you a stupid fucking emotion, whether it's sappy or had or just has a, you know, some sort of, like, redemption arc. Like, it, it has to be some pandering lesson that they have to give us because it's sellable. And I think it ruins... That's why people hate the fucking remakes, because it's not honest in the remake. They're obviously a cash grab and they're trying to just change the narrative of the original story and just throw in like a fucking celebrity cameo or some like cute little fucking thing to sell merchandise to like it's just so fucking dumb the way they do it now yeah and especially it's like they only focus on making like on remaking movies that were already like classics like why do you need to do that it's like why why don't you just take something that didn't work and then just try to make a good movie out of it. Like, I know that's what they tried to do with Dune. I haven't seen either yeah. of the Dune films, but I've heard that the original one left a lot to desire, especially from, like, fans yeah. of the book. And I haven't seen the new one, but I've but I've heard, like, not even just, oh, it's good, but I've heard people going, like, yeah, remaking that makes sense because, like, there was a lot of room for improvement. And this guy yeah. who's coming in to make his new version of it, he's going to, like, have his own take on it. It's not just going to be the same movie, but worse, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. So I saw the new movie. I thought it was fucking boring. I couldn't. Even, I just turned it off. I couldn't even finish watching it. I it was the same really? movie. I just. I guess I just don't like the story, which is interesting because I I find the story really fucking interesting, but I can't get through the book either. So I have a copy of the book and I have the copy of the movie, but I have not. Uh, I have not consumed either one. I don't know. I so I, I have I no guess, comments like, on Dune because I have no. I know nothing about it. The vis- the visuals are pretty cool, but it's just that's really much it. I mean, the costumes are cool, the scenery is nice and everything, but the rest of it was really fucking boring. The dialogue was so cheesy and forced, like it. I got you. Like you could tell, like they just they wanted to really fit that young adult science fiction fucking teenage hero shit. And it really, just because work. well, okay, yeah. so here here's my thing. Like I'm holding out hope for it because number one, I mean, it's just a sci-fi thing and it looks cool, but also the that director Denis Villeneuve. He has made a bunch of movies that I fucking love. He made the the are, the Blade Runner sequel, like the 2049. That was that was awesome. He made this movie Enemy, which is with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's where he finds the guy who looks exactly like him. That movie's really good. No, it, it's it's yeah. it's such like a good psychological thriller and it's also confusing as hell. Um, also he made Arrival, the movie with Amy Adams with the aliens. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, and- yeah, that one's good. Uh-huh. It's weird because that one should bore me too, but I, for some reason, really love that movie. Yeah, I know. Um, it's in, yeah, that is a movie where like I, I kind of really would typically would think it, but at the same time, it's like just all it is is just the way it's presented, how the materials handled, and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it's a stark contrast to when you try to take a story and revamp it and try to sell it as, like I said, some sensationalist bullshit that just wants to make money versus you know telling an interesting story even if it's not that exciting in itself it still is way more interesting than whatever forced bright colors and flashy visuals can do um but yeah man. yeah i mean i think like i speaking of i uh i watched donnie darko the other day finally i thought oh. it was actually really good yeah yeah well, tell, tell me what you think what you thought about it i thought it was fucking awesome i um I thought that the the bunny thing was really creepy, which was cool. Yeah, no, I like it's like what the fuck even is that? Yeah, it was really funny though. I I liked the angle that they were going in that movie. Yes, no, I because like I've talked about this before. There's very few movies at this point that will make me just like laugh out loud. But yeah. I was just laughing my ass off with my buddies at 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 college when I was watching it. <laughs> Yeah, the I'm, I I wish I I saw it a couple weeks ago, so I'm blanking on the dialogue. But I remember laughing my ass off at a same, lot of the same. Fucking um, but yeah, I just want to let you know that was a really fucking good movie. And I don't know why I thought it was. Remember, I was saying like about a dude that fucking looks in a mirror and is like afraid of getting older or some shit. I don't know why I thought it was that. I still can't remember what that is. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, I I thought it was a good movie. But going back to um, Opiate, what was your favorite track off of it? Either the two ones we just talked about, either Cold and Ugly or Jerk Off. Okay. Um, what did you think of the actual song, Opiate? Um, it's interesting. I mean, I it's not it's <laughs> not well. Okay, yeah, it's not my favorite song on the whole thing, but um, obviously, like you know, the lyrics are you know, you know. <laughs> I was about to say, let's get into the lyrics. Let me pull them up. So, I mean, I remember basically what they were, but... Yeah, I mean, for context, that's the edgiest song on the album. Um, uh, basically, th- yeah. The, I mean, let me I'll, let me get your take on it first, just to see if you 
kind of understood the point of it. Well, I mean, I under- I I remember most of them, but I'm just giving my back to refresh myself on it. Choices always were a problem for you. What you need is someone strong to guide you. Deaf and blind and dumb and born to follow. What you need is someone strong to guide you, like me, like me. So he's basically talking, like he's doing like a, a lampoon of like being a priest, essentially. He's basically, you know, going after like the priests that prey on vulnerable people or just want donation money and basically, you know, buying your way into heaven and you're not actually getting a salvation. You're just, you know, here to just listen to all what I have to say so I can control you. Right. And yeah. They, obviously, they they throw in the sexual thing in there. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, I mean, it's not wrong. These people are evil. And like there's unfortunately a lot of people like this that are in the church because the Catholic Church was literally the institution that Jesus Christ founded. So, of course, the devil is going to want to, you know, do some shit in there. He's going to want to distort it. He's going to want to fuck it up. But, yeah. um, yeah, so that's why, like, um, people that, like, are Christian and would just kind of dismiss this initially. Obviously, like, I do understand where they're coming from. But, like, the, I mean, like, there's obviously there's still a lot to talk about in this. But also, anytime I hear any any kind of this criticism and all this stuff about if like like Catholic Christians or whatever, I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, to me, I don't think it's exclusive. Like, I think no. it happens everywhere. But I, I think like the defense, like I think it's just the way the system handles it is what people really hate the most. Is like they'll move them around, or they don't really take it as seriously, or they'll spend a lot of money trying to cover up the story. So I, I think it's more of the systemic covering up of all the abuse is what people are really irritated about. And obviously yeah, and the scandal, you know, the individual stuff. person that abuses their power is the first target, but it's just the fact that it's just being always covered up all the time. I think is the frustrating part. Well, it's, it's that is blind ignorance over it. Yeah. It's like that. And you can also find it in many different situations, unfortunately, like in, in multiple yeah. different places, you know, which is very sad. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that in politics too. And I also in Hollywood, like they'll do their best to bury it or, you know, hire some sort of journalistic attack on both sides to kind of skim the waters or just, you know, have a whole other scenario be super fucking exaggerated just so people can take their attention off that case and focus on something else. So yeah, I, cause, know, I mean, these people have the money to do it. So exactly. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's more of the point is like the people that are high up in the in the church that just have so much money and they just abuse the shit out of it. Yeah, man. And it's like if you if you look at history and all of these um like schisms that have happened in the church, like they're almost all political. Yeah. Like just take like if you take a look at the great schism of 1054, which was the schism of the Catholic and the Orthodox or the Eastern and the Western Church. I mean, obviously there was a few like there's a few doctrinal things that the Orthodox said that the Catholics were wrong about, which they weren't, but that's beside the point. A, lo- a lot of it was just they just didn't like the Pope and they just didn't want to be under his like his jurisdiction and stuff like that, which is completely political, you know. And it, and it also it's it's a similar situation with Martin Luther, which like half of the theses were doctrinal things, which the Church did not agree with. They're like, uh, no, that the what that's correct, like. Like you, you can't just change all of these these doctrinal things about like the nature of Christ or, or like the litany of the saints or anything like that. But all of the ones about their policies and all that stuff that Martin Luther said, the 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 church was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's all of the polit- It's all of like you know policies, like the political stuff and all of the the jurisdiction and all that stuff. And that's mainly and that's the really reason where the... it comes from. Yeah. 
You know, I agree. And I, I think that's also the main reason why people have a problem with it, because it is the politics and the bureaucracy behind it and the corruption that obviously the whole goal is to it really is just for control, but also just takes away from the original message. And that, you know, goes for everything, you know, any movement or any ideology that has one intention and then bureaucracy changes it to have more of a negative intention. Um, but I think that was interesting in the song because, you know, the fact that you can listen to a song like that and realize that it's a very specific attack, but not just as an ideology as a whole. You know, yeah. And, and it's not like, it's not so overt and just like talking about, I mean, I know he mentions Jesus once, but like, other than that, like, it's like, it's not very, like, like there's a lot more subtlety to it is basically what I'm trying to say. Do you know his backstory, why he's, like, angry at that sort of stuff? Did you ever really do you um, know much about it? All I know is that, like, he grew up as, like, a like a Baptist or something like that, kind of evangelical Christian. And he just, um, wasn't it? he just, like, didn't like how he just saw that they were just, like, more concerned about, like, money or whatever. Well, the biggest thing was that his mom um, had some sort of paralysis that basically just made 26 years of her life hell. And that's why they named the album 10,000 days. Cause that's the amount of time that his mother was suffering before she eventually passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was basically like, you, you like if you read the lyrics on the 10,000 days wings part two, he talks a lot about how like, um, he just feels betrayed by the church because like they just were hypocrites in the way that they deal with her mother and also, like, while they're still, like, praying for her and all of that, and he just saw all the hypocrisy on that end, and then eventually just, you know, all they cared about was money and then support, and then when she died, it just kind of went back to business as usual kind of thing. So he kind of saw that in that way and was just angry how they treated his mom because, you know, basically, I, I can't remember specifically if it was, like, this was God's plan, so this is just how the way it has to happen or, like, the fact that you weren't a good enough Christian or something like that. This is why all this is happening to you. So, like, there is something along those lines, and it had, like, a very, very big disconnect. And like I said, if you go back to that song and listen to it, um, it kind of... he So, like, it started off in stages. So, on A Perfect Circle, the, the song Judith, it is basically... It's harsher lyrics-wise in this song. It's basically just saying, like, you know, F your God, all this stuff. And he's basically... It's his angry stage... And then that song basically is a tribute to her, basically giving her her wings and, you know, hopefully God will, um, you know, give her her way back home. And that if there's anyone more deserving of to be called a Christian, it was her because she was devout her entire life, even when she had the paralysis and stuff like that. So Wait, but when you're saying like paralysis, like how is this caused? And like, I don't know. It might have been like, there's a specific scientific or a specific medical term for it. it. I don't know if it was an aneurysm. It was... It was something that made her kind of paralyzed and it just made life hell for 26 years or 10,000 days, whatever that comes out to. But I don't know specifically what it is. And so then he was, wait, so he was mad at the the church because they, um, they basically like, they were giving like her false sense of like, like help and support. Like they basically were just like, oh, we're praying for you, but you know, not actually giving support or I can't remember if it was just like they, the the church like did something that basically like didn't, it just, it, it pretty much just like he felt betrayed by the church for the way they treated her. So like after she died, they basically were all like, 
you know, like, oh, in her memory, and they're all goody two-shoes about it, so it was just a hypocritical thing, like, they weren't about it when she was alive, but then when she was dead, or something like, it was something along those lines. Well, wait, so, like, they could have given her money for, like, a surgery or something? I don't know if it's that specific. What I'm saying is I know, like, they acted one way when she was alive and then a completely different way when she was dead. I see. Um, was whether he... that was money okay, or support. Um, what, like, kind of... Was this just, like, evangelical Christians or was this Catholics? Like, do you know who this was? I don't remember. Um, okay. It... I don't think it makes too much of a difference. I think the point kind of remains because I think it's a very... I mean, I felt it the same way. Like, you'll... You'll walk into a lot of churches and just the way that you are different as an outsider, like you obviously don't fit in with the lifestyle. So like they're judging you, but masking it as saving your soul. And then, you know, when bad shit happens, it's either your fault or it's God's plan. And then if you eventually die, then it's just, oh, you know, love and support. It's basically just, you know, a false sense of security, pretty much. Like it doesn't mean anything. It's it's just empty. Like the support is hollow. Yeah. Because it's like behind like other intentions. I, I think that's kind of the point. And I'm being very general because I, I, I had it clear in my head, but I, I can't remember the specific reasons. But it, it falls along those kind of lines. It's basically like the fake support that people give you in that context. Right. And I obviously I feel very sorry for Maynard and like what his mom had to go through because like yeah. Um, and uh, I was just saying that's his that's his backstory for why he's like he was angry with religion for a while, and that, that's why like a couple of the songs like were pretty brutal on that aspect. Right. Um. Well. So. This kind of brings me to this thing where, like, this whole, like, um, people that are, like, anti-religious and all this stuff, it's just, I think there's a huge misconception of what religion even is. Because, like, when when most people say this, what they're mostly referring to is just, you know, the political aspect of this. And in that situation, yes, this is annoying. But at the same time, I would never, and I'm not saying Maynard, like, necessarily does this, but... For me, no matter what the Pope says, there is nothing that will ever convince me to, de- to like to be deterred from from Catholicism. Because, like I said, the only thing that matters and the only thing that confirms the trueness of Christianity is whether or not Christ died on the cross. And because the Pope is not the leader of the Catholic Church, Jesus is, and he speaks through God, obviously, but. He is not the head of the church. And if he abuses of his authority, you know, that's on him. And, you know, God, like, I, I, I'll pray for him so that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do something that's going to just fuck up his soul, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I heard this guy, uh, Father Josh Johnson, he's this priest from Baton Rouge. And I actually met him when I was when I was visiting there. He's, he's a really cool guy. Um, he said how he was in a, he was in a bar with some of his fellow parishioners or something like that. And then a guy walked up to him and said like, and you know, like he, he has to wear his like thing that makes him look like a priest, obviously. And this guy asked him, he's like, you're a Catholic priest, like an actual Catholic priest. And he's like, yeah. And then the guy goes, yeah, you know what, man? Like, I just think the Catholic church is like the most corrupt institution on the face of the planet. And Josh and father Josh responded. Yeah. You're right, because Jesus, he didn't go to the Sanhedrin to pick his apostles. The apostles were not these, like, high-ranking religious figures and and zealots. They were just random dudes. 
imperfect, but also at the same time, like, you know, like they, like, like Jesus saw something in them that no other man could have seen. And he was like, yeah, I'm just picking these random dudes, these fishermen, like a tax collector, all these other kind of dudes from just all these like random walks of life. And yeah, this is what I'm going to start my church on you know it's 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 something fascinating to think about yeah yeah and i i think i mean i'm i'm of the the belief i'm of the belief that if you um god here we go losing my train of thought (laughs) over and over again it's not even half hour yet um i like i said i i view everything individually so it's a double-edged sword so i think if you're going to be part of a system that is corrupt i think you having the ability to say that you're not part of that system or like you show somebody a better way that kind of like devoids you being responsible for that. Obviously you can get to a point where the higher up you go, there's just no way to cut off a head because two more will grow back and there's just no other options that you have. But I don't feel the need to hold everybody responsible and accountable for the actions that a couple people have done. So I think you can pretty much just chalk it down to that and the other thing is, like I said, but that goes with everything. So, like, whether, like, if you are a priest that is supposed to be preaching the actual word, you're not going to be responsible for another priest that rapes somebody. You are responsible in the way if you actively are complicit in hiding something or if you're just denying that something happens. And that, and that can go for law enforcement, good cops, bad cops, good politicians, bad politicians, whatever it is. I think your responsibility ends with what you're able to do. So I don't think it's fair that you have to lump everybody in one kind of group. Yeah, because... um. Um, like kind of like in the song, and I'm not discrediting the song at all because I think it's very good. It's well written. It's it's good criticism. I I like what Maynard is is getting at. I love the 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 song. It's it's a good work of art. But I just think when people are doing this kind of criticism, and like the actual message which I hear a lot, and and the the general criticisms that I hear towards institutions like this. They kind of like will only focus on the bad things that people do, you know, because they're never going to like look at any of the actual like good things that that religious figures do or that religious institutions do. Same thing that when it goes to like Capitol Hill, it's very easy to look at Capitol Hill and the people working there and just write them all off like, oh, they're all politicians. They're all just, you know, they're all corrupt. They're all trying to get like maintain power and all and all that stuff. And we can say that all we want, but there are legitimately people there. It doesn't matter what party you're there, but like they, they're legitimately trying. Like, they're like, you know what? I'm trying to make this country a better place. They might be doing it in a bad or good way, but there's still people there that are like, they have good intentions, you know? And I think that's what I'm saying that that responsibility ends there because I, I don't think the system is designed for them to make, they have the ability to make the country a better place. I think you can take, you know, like, even if you had a guy that, like, 99% of Americans agree with, like, there is just a dude that bridged the gap between left and right, and he actually had good intentions and good innovations and actual plans to get our country out of the shithole stance that it's in right now. The way that our system has in place, there's just no room for it. Like, it'll just get, you know, red taped and blockaded and watered down. So it's like the people that do have good intentions in any institution, if it's all the way corrupted at the top, there is no more room to advance unless you try to branch out and do your own thing. So, you know, if I mean, that's what it is. Like, you know, it's easy to find all the negative aspects about things, but that's just because it's just so abundant. Like all the positive stuff, it just gets canceled out because all the worst stuff just keeps getting 
bigger and bigger and wider and wider and it's more accessible to people. So I think that's part of that reason. So like, like I said, there's good politicians, but their policies won't really ever see the light of day or it'll just get, you know, mixed around until it it just has a whole nother meaning in the next couple of years, or it'll just get voted out by the next guy. So the way we have things running, there is no place for that. And I think that's really the main problem more than whatever the individual intention of that politician is. How much do you think this comes from people being afraid of other people not liking them? And not accepting the fact like that as there's motivation to do something. Yeah, and, and they're just not accepting the fact that there's just always going to be people that don't like you, no matter what you do, good or bad. I think it's just human nature. I think most people do things with the guise of "I hope somebody likes me" or "I hope I get admiration or recognition for doing this." Not many people can just do something because they like to do it or they think it's beneficial to only themselves. So, and I obviously like. Like you can see on YouTube, like all these vloggers and all these people that just make fucking scraping bottom of the barrel content. They don't give a shit what they're doing. They just want to be, you know, approved for it. That's why they pander. That's why they just say shit they don't mean. That's why they do things that are very easy and sellable because they really want people to like them and they want that attention. Yeah. It's just the vanity, I think, is what motivates people. But on a corporate level or a political level, I think it's just more of, like I said, power and control. And who gives it like it, it's 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 that premise of like you have so much money and fame, where does it stop? And it doesn't stop for people like that well, mindset yeah. just keeps going like they've always been poor their whole life. And even if you have millions of dollars, that attitude never goes away. Right. And also it there's just people where like they just have so much fucking money. They just like have n- and everything they've like ever wanted plus more. And they just like don't even fucking know what to do, you know, because <laughs> yeah. like, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> One also, but like at the same time, like when there's people like we've talked about this before about like people that legitimately think that X X political figure or whatever is going to, you know, solve all these problems. But then it's like, okay, why are there all these problems? Like you have to say like, like, oh, for example, oh, like minimum wage. But it's like, okay, why do you need it to go up? It's because I need to live. Well, how much does it cost to live? Blah, blah blah, and I need to pay for all this, but it's like, why do you need to pay for that? You don't necessarily need that. And this brings me back to something that is really interesting because when we look back in ancient cultures and stuff like that, hardly anyone was taught how to read or write. And like, you know, why? It's because this shit would have been expensive, you know. Even when you had the printing press and all this stuff, like, it still was not available to everyone because not everyone needed to know it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they didn't. They only felt like certain amounts of people need to be educated just to push whatever narrative. And I don't know. Like I said, just looking back, it's just it's it makes sense why they only want a few people collecting and harboring all of the knowledge to spread to other people that don't have any say why because it just crushes dissent. You get a group of people that think the same way, and there you go. There's your fucking ecosystem, and nothing disturbs it. Well, right, and um. That's why I, I'm I'm kind of a fan of feudalism because you just you had like all of the the different social classes set up, but at the same time, like I don't really think anyone was you know unhappy <laughs> because even yeah, like, yeah, yes, hard to say. well, right? I know I know it is hard to speak for these people that don't exist anymore and are fucking dead for hundreds of years, but because like there is like obviously you know there was slavery you had to serve a master, but at the same time like. You know, you you were still like getting something mutual out of it because you could still 
like have a family and eventually you could hope one day that you'd be released you know because yeah. slavery obviously in biblical times was very different than slavery in like america you know because that's what what oh yeah keep going what I was going to say was I don't – the reason why I don't think feudalism works is because it follows the same sort of model that pyramid schemes do. It's like you're going to have millions of people at the bottom and it's going to go all the way up the pyramid to one guy at the top that makes the majority of the money. Like that that model isn't scalable. Like you have to have like – I think mathematically like millions of people to keep going up and making this pyramid for it to work. So feudalism kind of funnels in a structure where you have everybody below you. And your all your money and all your fucking time goes funnels all the way back up and it never goes back down. It's not a free flowing economy, and that's no. why it doesn't fucking work. Well, no, that's why it failed ultimately. Well, and also the warring clans and all that shit. Like it's just too many of them. Well, here's what I have to say about that. Like you're, like when you say that, like no money comes down, I fail to see why it even like needs to go down because like these people that are because poor, of the scalability. When no, you don't have but, money flowing. Like it, you have to have millions of people for that model to work, and then when that people runs out, your model fails. That's what I'm saying. Like, m- like money needs to flow for economy to work. You can't have one group of people just hoarding all the money. That's how shit. That's how that. That's the, that's the whole entire problem of why we're in this mess right now. You money. Oh, we don't. We don't live in flows. a. We don't live in a feudalist society anymore. What I'm no. saying is like I know we don't live in a feudalist society, but what I'm saying is like why that didn't work because the money wasn't able to flow. People need to buy have people need to have money to buy shit for an economy to work. Oh, so like there's if you just shit have that a slave you don't need class, though. Is that's, yeah, that's, that's basically what I'm saying is like the expenses of these peasants back in the day weren't expensive, so like they didn't need that much money. But there's no room to move up. They were going to stay in that class system for the rest of their life. Yeah, but like, I mean, was it there's really no that bad? There's no amount of work they could have done to move them <laughs> like, up. You could literally wake up whenever the fuck you want. You could teach your kids however the fuck you wanted. You could do all this shit however the fuck you wanted. <laughs> no, I'm not arguing it's a better way of life. What I'm saying is a bad economy. It's a bad economic system. That's why it failed. Why the fuck does there's it matter? No f- <laughs> because what do you mean? Why would you choose an economic system because that doesn't Because democracy work? is a scam, dude. Democracy is a fucking scam. scam. But it works to an extent. (laughs) No, I will give you that. But at the same time, democracy does not make men more virtuous. It makes men more, like we've talked about, greedy, more, like, lazy. It just does all this fucking bullshit that people, when when, when they they think of democracy as, like, this, this, it's it's, it's like this 100% good, this pure good. There's, like, nothing, like, there's nothing wrong to do. Like, why don't we do it? It's, like, they never stop to think about the negative things, you know? I think that's just human nature. It doesn't matter what economic system or whatever system of government you throw at us. Like, we're going to just divert to that sort of mindset. What I'm saying is, like, it doesn't make sense to go an economic system that clearly fails, regardless if you have a good life or not. It's just a model. It's not sustainable. That's why nobody does it anymore. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I mean, you could argue that there's like, you know, shadow, like there's, you know, countries that kind of run on that same aspect or like, you know, like most countries, like, you know, I would say a larger percentage than 50 of the entire world runs on where, you know, there's an elite ruling class and a very low wage working class. Like we're one of the few countries that has a very, I would not say thriving anymore. I feel like our middle class is dying, but not that many countries in the world have a middle class. It's like ruling class and then poor working class is how the majority of that shit runs. And that's where we're headed, unfortunately. And their lives might be better, sure. They might not have as much greed. They might appreciate things more. 
you know, that aspect is always debatable. It just depends on who you are as a person. What I'm saying, economically, it just does not work. And people don't give a shit about that because it's easy just to have a ruling class and a poor class. Like, that's a model that fucking works, but just not for a good economy. But they don't give a shit because they just, you know, all the people that need the money and the nice things have it, and they don't give a shit about what the rest of anyone else needs. So it works for their model, but not for their, anyone else that's living in that country. And right. feudalism was completely different where that's just what it was like you had entire class systems of people and they just stayed there and you know the fact that it didn't expand obviously diseases and famines and war didn't help either so it wasn't just because of that system but you know it just it it just doesn't work i mean no i mean there was still growth obviously through like i mean why do people work for these for like the nobles because like they needed to produce crops and and all these other different things obviously like you said, like it, it's not this the be, um it's not as good in the way of like capitalism because like with capitalism you can like make progress like really fucking fast you know if you find the right thing yeah right but also like like we're talking about capitalism could be really fucking abused yeah and that's that's whole little point is just trying to whatever fucking system just to try to fine tune it and make sure that it you know like I said it doesn't matter if you have socialism communism capitalism whatever the fuck like like not even like like every you can ask every economist and they're like you have to have money flowing through everybody and you have to have people putting money back into the economy that's just how it works like you like that's that's how you have a high gdp that's how you have innovation that's how you have just abundance of things as opposed to shortages and fucking quality issues like you have to have money flowing but like we just talked about does abundance of things equal happiness I guess I, I didn't mean abundance. I, <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I, I used know. the wrong word. I meant like not having shortages of shit. Right. Well, like shortages where, where of, of people are uh, in panic mode. So where they have to feel like they have to get something in abundance because they're afraid it's going to be gone, I guess. Yeah. I just wish we went back to monarchy, man. <laughs> we're pretty much in one. Like I like people like we people think like we like there's just a losing of choice and rights that people think we have in this country. Like we really don't have that. Like it, we're pretty much in a monarchy or an oligarchy or whatever the fuck you want to call it. We're yeah. really not in that much of a democracy. We're we're not even a like le- I don't legally we're not even a democracy. It's like a representative republic or some shit. Like I don't know why people still have that misconception that we really have choice in our government. We really fucking don't. If you have money and influence, then you have fucking choice. You have a democracy if you are somebody. No, we have cha- we have choice in the sense that, like, if we didn't like this candidate, we can get the candidate from the other party in four years, essentially. Yeah, but that shit's already fucking pre-selected by money and lobbying. Like, you, the nav- like the fucking 2016 election pro that, like, you know, fucking Trump lost the popular election and he still won. Well, it's because like, you go by the... Also means shit. Well, it's because you've... It's because it went... Ah, fuck. I can't speak. It's because it goes off the electoral college. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We're not a democracy. You yeah. have no fucking choice. No, that <laughs> makes us more of a fucking democracy with the electoral college. It does not make it more of a democracy. It literally... Yes, it does. people over the other. Because it... No, it's literally the opposite of that. Because if we didn't have electoral college, it would literally just be whoever California votes for. Okay, so then uh, put it this way. So, like, since you're not in the Electoral College, you have no choice. I'll just – we'll say it that way. Whether, whatever makes one thing more of a democracy than another is fine, but no, you're not in that system, so you don't have choice. What do you personally. mean? Yeah. What do you – you're not – What is the Electoral College? Please explain to me what that is. Like, do are we talking about the same thing? Yes. What I'm saying, it's different than the general ele- – or the, the fucking general – 
popular vote, whatever the popular vote, right? It's different. I get the point of having, you know, majority population of one state being larger than numbers. They need equal representation. I get all that shit. I took civics. What I'm saying is that like that doesn't do it on a fair system. That's not the only reason. That's the, that's the defense that people keep to have all the corruption not go anywhere it's because, oh, we can't just abolish electoral college. Nobody's saying that. What they're saying is like all this lobbying and super PACs and all this interest that is in the electoral college that makes people have the illusion that they're getting equal representation when they're not. So it's not abolishing the electoral college, it's getting all this influence out of it. And the fact that you're a general person, you don't have any fucking say in that is even more of the illusion of democracy. Yes, you do. Because like your votes go into whichever, like whichever candidate wins in the state gets all of the number, like the respective number of electoral college votes. Bro, my I know that. That's what I'm saying. I know how the electoral college yes, works. Yes, but, but then I'm saying, saying, like, then like, what are you talking about? Like, are you just talking about how people because like it's not equal? Rep- it's it's not going to be an equal representation. Like, if the majority of the country felt one way, it doesn't matter where they are geographically. The majority of people feel that way. It's not about equal representation. Who gives a shit if California has millions of people and Nebraska only has a couple thousand? It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that everybody in California leans left and then most people in Nebraska leans right. And that's why they have that illusion of fairness. But if you look objectively, it doesn't fucking matter because we're going to be in the same boat regardless of what president. What I'm saying is like people just think they have this illusion of choice that we're a full-bledged democracy. And it's not how that works because super PACs, lobbying, and special interests is what rules this country. The stock market is what rules this country. That's the reason why we had the fucking crisis in 2008. Because instead of fixing our fucking budget, they decided to bail out these big-ass banks and these Wall Street brokers. So it's proven time and time again that our country does not work on that basis. It works off of special interest. So, like, are you just saying how with, like, all the, like, shit that goes on with the Electoral College, how, like, how there's, like, fake votes and shit? Or... You can. I don't know. Like I said, there's there's people claiming that shit. I have no evidence. What I'm saying is just, like, for a fact you have special interests in lobbying and that's what drives the fucking politics of this country. It doesn't matter if you have an electoral college or a voting system or not. Well, yeah, that's going to that's going to affect like which candidate gets the like more funding or whatever, but at the same time, whichever candidate had the more yes, but that comes with strings. If you get funding from no, something, you yes. have to be contingent on what it is. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't just take money from somebody and not expect did that to not come with strings like you have to protect their interests that's why it's special interest in lobbying you can't just get money for free and then just do what you want to do anyway that doesn't work that way that's what i'm saying needs to stop well yes but at the same time whichever like i don't see what's wrong with who whichever candidate wins it doesn't matter what funding was used to get them to broadcast to the public for the public to vote for them if that's who they vote for that's who won the state and that's how whoever get like they get that many electoral votes. I just don't see it, like what's wrong with that. Because the people that get the most funding are usually the ones that are elected. Yeah, it doesn't but, matter how many people voted for them or not. That's my point. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still just going to be a between a choice of like it's this guy or that guy, and you're going to know who the other guy is because he's a, he's running in the race against the other guy. <laughs> it's not. Just, what does that matter? <laughs> it's because like you're saying like how they're not going to be noticed because they're not funded for, and these other guys are funded for. But at the same time, you're still going to know about them because they're in the race together <laughs> yeah but they're not the ones that traditionally win like do you think like the majority of people wanted biden to even be the nominee for the democratic party everybody fucking hates biden they just voted for him because they hated trump more like nobody wanted fucking biden in there that wasn't their choice well nobody chose that fucker so you're saying it's it's because we don't have any other options than the, the two 
or exactly that's what i'm saying we it's an illusion of choice there's no good options and people are fighting over which one is the lesser of the evils people say that all the time they like i i talk to people they don't actually like who they voted for they just thought the other guy was worse well, that's yeah. how we vote well yeah no i agree i agree <laughs> stupid i agree fuck. with you on that because like that's the fucking problem with democracy because when in monarchy it was just the fucking king and whatever he said goes you know and obviously it just depends on whether or not you have a good king or a bad king and that's where well, that's the, what I'm saying now. Right. Is like whatever the government says goes like we, we don't live in a democracy. Like I, that's what I'm saying is the illusion of choice. Like we live when we, it's an oligarchy or oligopoly or mo- like whatever fucking ruling word you want to use. Like we're not in a democracy 100 percent. Yes. But at the we sa- have very little say in our voice of government. Right. But at the same time, all of this shit that like, I mean, it's very easy for us to just go like, yeah, fuck the government, all this stuff. And yeah, more power to us when we want to say that. But at the same time. There's just like so much, like so much shit where it's like when we just stop and think, like, yep, yeah, we have it pretty good, you know. Not for long. I honestly think like it's just it's this is probably we're at peak. I think it's just gonna keep going downhill. It's Dude. just gonna keep getting more expensive. Wages are not gonna keep up. Inflation is gonna rise. Our middle class is gonna die. Food shortages, fucking race wars. Like this is. I mean, you better enjoy what we have right now because it's gonna be fucked. Like, dude, gas is gonna go to like they're predicting like at least six dollars nationally by the time August hits, and then like ten dollars in fall. They're reprogramming gas pumps to fucking take double digits. Because I didn't. I didn't even know this. Most gas pumps tap out at like a hundred to one hundred twenty-five bucks. Like that's it. You can't get more. Well. We still have air conditioning. We still have toilet paper. We yeah, s- until they can't find enough people to fucking do HVAC because shit's too expensive and they have to use gas to drive around and do installations and quotes. So that's going to be expensive just to maintenance your air conditioning. Like, this affects everything. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just like, oh, Americans have, you know, we can't overeat our Cheez-Its because there's no Cheez-Its at the store. Like, no, this, this fucking affects air travel. This affects the distribution of goods. Like, this makes everything super expensive. Food, yes. rent gas everything dude it's fucked but like, we're not gonna be feeling this yes too much longer yes that is right but at the same time this just brings me back to like the all of this stuff is just getting expensive because we abuse all this shit it's like it's gonna make us realize like maybe we don't need all this this shit you know well that's what i'm saying it's not gonna get to the point where it's like we don't need this abundance of stuff it's gonna be a point where there's gonna be no stuff like we're gonna go the opposite direction and be a third world fucking country pretty soon of just like a ruling class and a poor class like we're going to be going to the rest of the world we're not going to be a third world country i pretty soon think we're going to get there and maybe not like third world but there's going to be no middle class in like the next 20 years yeah no actually thomas soul was talking about how like well he was talking about how actually the the like the super like elite class and the super poor class are so small and the middle class is essentially just like well, in in that sense, it's just essentially like everyone in between, and it's so fucking broad, you know. Yeah. He said it like yeah. A, there's always depictions of what is upper middle class or lower middle class or whatever. Yeah, because it kind of just depends on how like the terms are just kind of so blanket. But um, he was just basically explaining how like the like the elite class is essentially just five percent, and then the super like poverty poor is like five percent, and then everyone else is essentially at like the same after that. <laughs> Yeah. or i think it's like that's why everyone calls it like the one percent so it's like a very low percentage number of people have the majority of the wealth and honestly i really wouldn't even have a problem with that like good for them i don't have to be fucking rich like that's fine i just like when you make policies and you do shit to just make the majority of your country even poor 
Like, <laughs> it's just a problem. South like, I don't America, give a shit baby. If people keep getting richer. That that doesn't bother me. But like, if you make it life shitty for the rest of us, like that's a problem. No, no, yeah, because there's nothing wrong with just being rich. Because obviously, like that yeah. that employs other people, and you are like, because it's also expensive to be rich, you know. Um, yeah, but they don't feel it. Like, no, right, and obviously, like if you want to just have a bunch of money and spend money on shit that I wouldn't want, that's between you and the Lord. Like, obviously, you know. But like you said, yeah. once it starts fucking with other people, that's when it's a problem. <laughs> Well, it's like with me, right? Like, I feel like I don't have an abundance of stuff. I feel like I don't really overindulge in much of anything. And there's people that are more expensive, like, or the people that have more money than me that do that. And there's, I know people that have less money than me that do that. So it's like, but I'm still going to be affected. And I think, like, I, I don't think, like, chalking it down, it's like, oh, this is good for us because we just need to be less fat Americans. Like, this is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, it's just going to make life hell for the rest of us. There is truth to that. <laughs> but... Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, going back to the original, original point, I don't hold individual people to that systemic standard like everybody else does. Like if you're complicit in it, then yeah, you should be, you know, have responsibility. But if you're trying your best and knowing that you're just going to get shit canned from everybody above you with just so much red tape, there's really not much you can do anyway besides like, honestly, I'm going on record saying this, like, if those people that stormed the Capitol on January 6th, like, you know, picked up some guns and fucking shot up the place, like, we probably would have some real change right now, honestly. <laughs> I should be positive. Yeah, except for that bitch that got, dude, did you see the video of that one, um, that woman that was climbing through the window and she got fucking sniped by that dude with a fucking hollow point? You you told me about that earlier today. I know I didn't oh, see that. Brutal man. Flu man. What is a hollow body? I am really bad at this stuff. Hollow point bullet. It's like a bullet that has a hole in it. It basically when you get shot with it, the bullet like expands flatter and it's supposed to make a bigger hole and just, it basically does oh, more damage than a regular bullet. Yeah. Shit, man. Fucking sniped with a pistol off the fucking window in the Capitol. Yeah. Crazy. No, but it's it's I such she's, a. She's probably sorry. the first person that's died in there, if you think about it. In the capital, I would guess so. I mean, I might be huh. wrong. Maybe somebody had yeah. a heart attack in there, but she's I... probably the first person in the history of the country that's died in there. Well, like died died like, through like homicide. That is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I, I, don't know I never how thought far about back that. The capital building goes if that goes back to like Civil War times or if shit's got burned down. I don't have no idea. I don't. My history is fuzzy on that, but I yeah. think like. And then, you know, at least in the next 200 or last 200 years, probably the first person to die. Yeah, man. That building. <laughs> but um, know, it's so interesting, though, because um, when a lot of people have just like these boring, mundane, kitsch lives, it, it is like it, it's understandable why uh, we find all of this like dystopian fiction interesting because we almost like want it to happen so that it's something interesting is happening like, oh now i don't have to go to the the fucking nine to five anymore you know <laughs> yeah just put on my fingerless gloves and my shotgun and i'm ready to go it's like people aren't ready for that shit <laughs> yeah but the, but don't you just find it interesting why as a as a society we're so into like the zombie apocalypse like government like dystopian control shit and like I think honestly, it's deep down. We know it's going to happen sometime, so we're just mentally preparing. <laughs> That's why we find it so interesting. Like, I find it interesting because I feel like how easy it mimics real society. And I mean, to be fair, it's kind of a cop out because the people that write those stories, you know, it's a social commentary of whatever their life was like. So it's like RoboCop, right? You look at the way that RoboCop is written, super dystopian, but you watch it, and it's like, 
holy shit, like we do this on a like on a micro level right now, and they could probably get to this point realistically. So it's like you watch these movies, and it's interesting to see how creative they can get, and also like how scary fucking real that it could happen in you know your lifetime. Yeah, I haven't seen RoboCop, but I have seen Terminator, which I love. Yeah, um, and I think um, yeah, Terminator was good. I like Terminator a lot. Yeah, uh, that's more. Uh, that's more out of. I mean, obviously, it's it it definitely could happen, but I feel like a lot of shit has to get down exactly perfect for that to happen. <laughs> you know, but like the AI shit, do you buy that more or less or the same than like the dystopian government shit? Do I buy the AI is going to get so advanced that it tries to wipe us out? Right. Do you like what, what do you think of that? I feel like we're going to do that before AI does. Honestly, I don't think we're going to get advanced enough to a point to have AI be sentient like that. I think we're going to kill each other like far before then. I feel like we're going to have super advanced technology that'll kill people a lot more efficiently, a lot more quickly. Or people are just going to be put under a super ruling slave class. I don't think it's going to get to the point where AI will kill us. Honestly, I don't give us that much credit. Dude, do you think, do you think human beings have like a need for problems and a need to like have a thing to solve and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you too. I I just wanted to know what you thought. (laughs) I just think it's because nobody's really like, I wouldn't say nobody. I feel like most people are not content. So they have to like, that's why like you always see on Facebook, all these bitches complaining about shit. That's like. Like, oh, I get into the situation where I'm yelling at my landlord. Oh, this lady in Walmart says some shit. So I was screaming at her in the parking lot. These people just constantly, like, find problems for themselves. Like, like I said, minding your own business is a fucking statement. It's a, it's a staple. Those are the most um, privileged fucking people. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. They're the most entitled. They Like, their lives are fine, but they just go out of their way to find problems because they're bored or they want attention. Like, nobody, like, we're not, I keep saying nobody. Like, most people just aren't content. So, yeah, I feel like we have an instinctual need to find problems when we get bored. Or because everybody's like everybody has main character syndrome. Like, they just feel like, oh, this is a good movie if I go through some shit right now. Or, oh, I want to take this huge risk that I know is a risk, but I want people to feel bad for me that I took this risk. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, well, also, like, but the main character mentality, like Joe Rogan was talking about, can also be used to, like, make your life a lot better. Because you can put if your... If it's beneficial. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you can put yourself, not in, like, the state of self-righteousness, but you can put yourself in, this, in like, the... This is the part of the movie, like, in the beginning, where, like, I'm down on my luck. Everything fucking sucks. And, like, I hate everything. It's, like, nothing's going my way. But, like, I can turn it around, you know? I can have that, like, triumphant, like, win in the end and stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I... If that if that is like like you said if it, if it is of that vein then it works. It reminds me of a of a story of a guy that I know at work that he basically got scammed into thinking that he was gonna have a relationship with like this recording artist that was famous and left his wife and kids to go do this and fucking got scammed had some bad karma got into a car accident came back got divorced like lost his shit and then he was like you know what I feel this is the start of my music career like things are gonna turn around for him like you realize you have to gain respect f- to go through hard shit to do that first, right? Like, that just seems like it's bad karma, bro. <laughs> Was that the fucking guy you were telling me about, like, that wannabe redneck dude? I think so. There's a lot of fucking boomers that are like that, that just, their lives are fine, but they just, like I said, they feel the need to have protagonist syndrome. Yeah, dude, we could go on for, like, I don't even know how long about the fucking boomers, man. Yeah. Like, because people keep talking about how, like, the, um... It's 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 like the oh like Gen Z is the the privileged 
uh, fucking generation. Look at what the, even the fucking millennials had. It's like, uh, no. Look at the fucking shit that even the boomers had. Like, the boomers had it so goddamn good. Yeah, and, like, my, like, and I worked in a restaurant for a, I worked in restaurants for a long time, so the majority of people that gave me problems were boomers or people on the aging millennial stage. So I just, like, my parents just don't grasp that. They still have that mindset that, like, we're the most entitled generation. I'm like, no, you guys are the most entitled generation. Well, yes, and every because time I ev- tell them that yes, no one gives me problems except for boomers, they just, like, it just doesn't compute. <laughs> well, right. It's because every fucking thing that the boomers, like, shit on us for doing they like they started all of that like the fucking sexual revolution all that shit about how how we don't have like uh, we don't have traditional family values anymore it's all like you guys fucking went away with all that shit (laughs) yeah it's like you just wanted to hide it so it's like everybody is like oh we were like this and then you talk them is like oh i raised comes to hell when i was in high school and college it's like pick a fucking lane dude and at the same time like there are legitimately people that did maintain that or else we wouldn't be here today but as a general like overview and like a simplification of the boomers and like what most boomer stereotypes do that yeah that's that that's in the vein you know um, yeah i mean obviously not everybody I, i've had people young and you know me give me problems like i was in chipotle a couple of weeks ago and there's this i assume millennial bitch just screaming like obviously you walk in the fucking line is full there's door dashers, like five door dashers standing on the side waiting for their order. There's only like two or three people on the line and they're clearly fucking busy. And there's just, bitch was just screaming at them for 10 minutes because the food was like, I don't know, 10 minutes late. She had to stand there for 15 minutes or whatever the fuck. Man, dude, like, so like, yeah, we were talking like about that's that, the only good thing know? about it. This recession we're about to go in is like the entitlement is going to hopefully humble a little bit of people. It's like, Maybe you can't buy this fucking, you know, dinner out for the fourth time in a row. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was back. talking about. And, um, I know yeah, that, but that's just, no, go yeah, so far. I, I understand like this isn't necessarily like the same, um, thing that you were referring to. Cause you were referring to like, no people need like people, um, they're not going to just have no money for like the fourth night out in the row. But the, you, you were saying like, they're not going to have, you know, enough money for just food in general. Um, I, well, think about it, dude. So, like, you, like let's take, no, like, um, like, someone makes 50 grand, right? Somebody that makes 50 grand, you know, back in maybe 10 years ago, they could get an apartment. They could live. Like, they, they couldn't really get into much abundance. But, like, they would live semi-comfortably if they didn't have medical bills or they didn't have, like, some sort of money problems, right? But these days, you can't even find a place to live. You have to, like, prove that your rent is three times your fucking in- – or your income is three times your rent or whatever. Or, like, at least you have to live with a roommate or at least a couple people. So it's like gas goes up, rent goes up, food goes up, yes, everything goes fucking um, up. But I still come and say that uh, like, this is something especially that I just learned when I went to a country like Brazil, um, which – and I and I just mentioned this in the last podcast, how there's tons of middle-class people just like you and me that live there and have like nice, comfortable lives. But at the same time, there's just – a lot more of the poor people that kind of live in huts and like go to sleep hungry and stuff like that. Um, But at the same time, like it's, it's interesting though, because like those people are still happy, you know? And at the same time, like there's still like the middle class people are still really happy too. Well, I mean, I hate to speak for these people, but (laughs) I just think like, like you're saying, like this like kind of recession that we might and probably will have, it'll just like, it won't, all be for like the worse if you know what i'm saying 
Well, hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know. It's just hard to be optimistic. Well, right. And I mean, look- learning how our system works. But I mean, if you were to honestly ask me, like, I, I don't know where that psychological bridge gaps because obviously like you'll go to people in third world countries and a lot of them are the most pleasant people you ever meet and they don't have that much stuff and they don't need that much stuff but there's also people that are poor that are fucking struggling and or just they just die or just remain just mentally fucked so obviously it is a mindset and you have to adapt right oh right yeah i mean you could be at any class you could have x amount of money doesn't matter how much money you have how many things you have and you could still be happy you could still be sad you could still be anything i just think that's still a testament to how we still all feel these 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 emotions universally as human beings you know and how um it's it's easy like in movies to depict um (laughs) mr plinkett talked about this in his review of titanic how like it depicts like the high like the first class passengers as just all of these like like just these sick pretentious like just rich assholes that have like no respect for like the, the dignity of the poor and stuff like that and then the poor all these like humble like like all of all like the third class passengers all these like humble people and all this stuff and then mr plinkett goes yeah well maybe they don't take into account the fact that maybe there was all these first class people that were you know they're really good family men and they took care of their families very well and they were very polite and maybe there there was a bunch of these like third class passengers there were a bunch of drunk assholes who beat their children <laughs> yeah and i think that just really goes home to show like it, it is how you view things and how you go through life and how well you adjust to everything else and um i don't know like if you were to tell me like let's say you know, this is not going to happen. Like prices are going to be going back to more people can afford to live and more people can afford to do things or buy more things, whether that's car, house, whatever. Right. And you have the majority of people go back to their old vein. Cause I feel like most people now, like, like regardless if they're rich, they're middle-class or they're poor, most people are superficial in general. Even like, even like the people that don't have a lot of shit that pretend that they do, or like the, the shitty things they have, they try to pretend that are nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that like, that flex mentality of like just look at me kind of shit like i feel like this is a mindset that can be squashed out with whatever economic you know level that they're at and uh dude i just think um our country like i said our country just sells that fake sensationalism so we wonder why everybody walks around being not true to themselves like you know what i mean like dude to give people that we sell this fake idea that you mean something and that you you know agreeing with something makes you a fucking you know icon Oh, yeah, no, and it's because, like you said, we live in the look-at-me generation, and we all want to appear nice and humble and virtuous without any of the previous things I even mentioned, right? Because, um, like, what's the opposite of... Oh, no, yeah, humility... Sorry, the opposite of humility is pride, you know? it's We live in a very yeah. prideful fucking generation that want to take credit for all this shit that they didn't even fucking do. Like, especially people that have ethnic pride, and I'm guilty of this, but like people that want to like be like, oh, I'm so proud of like the, the um like you know like the people I belong to and all this like great traditions and all this stuff I have. Which first of all, you don't even fucking do any of those traditions anymore. And second of all, it's like you didn't add anything to it. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Like you have more culturally in common with like me and like average Americans than wherever fucking country your ancestors came from. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the fact that people carry that weight like it means something is like I said, they could be rich or poor and they wouldn't change the way they are. That's just how they are. I just think, I don't think we should use that as an excuse to fucking drive us into a recession. Like I said, <laughs> like that's just yeah. not good for anybody. Yeah. But it's still so nice. how like, you know, we had that little thing 
and I was getting kind of mad. But at the same time, like, we still come back and we're like, hey, there's still a lot of shit that we hold together, you know? Not just you and me, but, like, a lot of people. <laughs> like I said, it's just the way you view shit. And also, like, I I don't know, man. I don't have the fucking answers either. I just... Only, <laughs> it's just easy to see where the problems are. Only Jesus has the answers. Why don't you tell him to come down here and fix this? Well, I can't ask him to do that because that would be putting the Lord to the test, which is one of, you know, the worst sins you could commit. <laughs> put these nuts to the test, bro. I'm tired. <laughs> you know, Will, he's going to put... these hoes. <laughs> You're like, Will, he's putting your nuts to the test. <laughs> <laughs> nuts on the grindstone. Let's go. I don't have too many years left. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's just like, dude, am I, am I going to fucking die like that? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Not a good look, bro. Not a bro. good look when you're dead. Well, for Will, it'd be fine. So, <laughs> But for most people, um, not a good look, bro. Even though that's not coming from me. That's coming from, you know, the popular opinion. Popular opinion. I, um... Yeah. I hope, man. I, I am optimistic, and I that's why I enjoy, you know, talking about other stuff like music and arts and beautiful things and stuff that actually matters or cool technological innovations because there's not much really to truly appreciate in its actual form as opposed to the information or visuals that get twisted for another meaning. Like it's, it's nice to just look at things in actuality. Right. And we can, it gets so easy to just see all of like these shitty advertisements and just shitty clothing brands and whatever it is that like and all these shitty foods you know that are they're literally just designed to like like you know it's fake you know it's not coming from a place of sincerity and it just you just, it just feels sick to the core you know it's easy to just look at them and be like oh or like even if you have this piece of clothing where you're like fuck this was probably made by some like poor little kid in a sweatshop in china or east asia and you're just like fuck and all these things are coming at you and like you're just your head's get like wants to explode you know but at the same time you can still go back and and listen to tool you know or whoever it is and you just have that recreation you know because <laughs> that's what recreation is it's literally you're recreating you're reconstructing yourself and that's how we like we like develop you know tastes and opinions and just anything <laughs> yeah and i think you have to i mean we've touched on it a millions of fucking times with duality like you have to have that shit but if it's just like a, like when you're scared to walk outside because you think you could be fucking shot any day or you're worried about how you're gonna feed your kids you know because shit's gonna get too expensive or it's like you can't you work all the time and your vacation plans are ruined because they're canceling flights you know what i mean like i was reading an article like they i think it was delta or some major airlines canceled like a high, high percentage of flights so we can do like short staff because people either don't want to work or like they've had people call because of COVID or fucking the price of fuel is so high. I don't know. Like there's a bunch of different reasons. So like it just, people don't realize the butterfly effect that all this shit has on every single aspect of life. Yeah. My brother and sister flew in from Wyoming. They, their flight got canceled and they had to get one in the next day. Yeah. I mean, it was only one day, but still. It makes me fucking irritated because I'm supposed to go to Los Angeles and fucking this Thursday and like I'm reading all this shit. You didn't tell yeah. me that. What the shit? Oh, I didn't tell you that. You saved it for the podcast. What a fucking I king, did. dude. I just did that without even thinking about it too. Look at me. It's my innate, <laughs> my vision. We're so used to being um, but, on this podcast. It's like part of our nature, dude. Yeah, but I'm going to a music convention 
in Los Angeles, and I swear to God, if one day it gets delayed, I'm going to fucking murder somebody. <laughs> and you know what? The FBI is not going to do anything because they let people say shit on Facebook and they still go up and shoot up the schools. So fuck y'all. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, that shit. God. That's just awful. so sad, man. That that Dude. thing in Texas and like the parents screaming for them to to, to do something. Oh man! And like this is we were just talking about this, on... man. Oh, like this this just random shit comes up and you just see all like the shittiness in in mankind and then, but then you go back and you see all the good shit that they did. You know. Yeah, and I want to make this preface because it's very complicated to express how I feel on this topic. So. When it comes to like law enforcement, the problem is not just as simple as defund them or support them, right? Like everything is case by case basis. But I will say the police fumbled the fucking ball so hard on that. Oh yeah, no. That dude uh-huh. that was that was awful. I can't believe that. Yeah, no, my mom, I was talking to to this with about this with her. She uh-huh. said, um, like that you can literally just pin that to the fact that like a lot of these people that are in these positions like law enforcement security or like firefighter like they don't want to accept the fact that if you're doing that kind of job you're like you have to accept the fact that your life's on the line you know yeah and i mean they they, like majority of them have body armor like they have high-powered rifles too like they pretty much outmatch a fucking 18 year old that can shoot kids. You know what I mean? Like you're not going and trying to fucking take out a rogue Delta force like guy, like you're, or a fucking green beret that snaps. Like it's a fucking 18 year old that's shooting kids. Like go get him. You can get him. No promise. Like what? Yeah. That, that (laughs) shit. Yeah. They just, they shit the bed, man. They fucked that hardcore. And it just makes me like, like I said, like the whole like police debate is a whole other thing in itself. I really falter. Like, hopefully you you know interact with ones that aren't gonna fucking make your life hell, right? But you need some sort of policing. It's just like again, changing the system and having reform makes this better as opposed to just completely siphoning away. But like rebudgeting is fine. But I guess you have to look at specific plans. Besides the point, my point is just like you really have to protect yourself. And I think when it comes to shit like this, it's like, this is more of a reason why you need to carry. I just read a fucking story yesterday about a fucking guy that was having an argument with, you know, somebody in a party in West Virginia, 40 people came back with a rifle, dude fucking saw him coming up, took out her pistol shot and killed him. Avoided a mass shooting yesterday. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not going to be the hundred percent. Like, I mean, the NRA uses this excuse all the time, but I mean, honestly, it's, even if you're not trained, having one gun is better than no guns. Like, honestly, like it just, it does not make, like seeing the lack of police coordination, the fact that this shit happens all the time, you literally could be anywhere at any single time at any state in this country. And you have a high possibility of getting killed in a mass shooting. Like it's the numbers are out there. Like you can't wait for cops to, and they're just going to be ever, even like when you, they, when they get warned about these people, they're still not going to fucking do anything. They don't take that shit seriously. So they're like, I, yeah. just, I don't have any faith in any institution protecting me. And that's why it just makes me like, that's why sometimes I feel like it's orchestrated because there's a gun scare every year where people are paranoid about something and they flock to the gun store and, sales go through the roof it happens literally every fucking year whether it's a democrat in office starting to take away guns or it's covid or it's you know violence is rising in your area people don't feel safe like there's some reason for you know mass amounts of people to flock to a gun store <laughs> yeah this is yeah no it's it's 100 percent fucking true and like that's why um i like obviously i'm pro-gun in the same way that you are i mean i hate to say that but like i mean i'm anti-gun control and my argument for the fact that anyone should be able to, well, not anyone but like anyone over a, like a certain age who has like a like background shit 
should have a gun is because at the end of the day, these criminals that have guns, they're not going to fucking follow these gun control laws. So like you may as well have these people that, that, you know, like you said, they, that they can prevent this shit and stop all of these like tragedies from happening. And they could just kill these fucking awful people that do this, you know? Yeah. And, and I think like more specifically, like I have very concise thoughts on like, obviously like you look at drugs, you look at, you know, guns, murder, what, like, and like, it doesn't help to make shit illegal and it's just not going to work. Like, I'm of the opinion, like, you don't need a fucking high caliber weapon that can shoot millions of, but like, I'm of the opinion, like, you don't really need that. But again, banning, it's not going to do anything. I think the one thing that will work is it makes it a little bit more difficult for people to own a gun. So I think of it like driving a car, right? Getting your license is harder than it is to get a gun. It just is like, I have guns. I've bought guns. It's, 10 times easier obviously they do a background check but that's really criminal or if you have i i don't know i guess it goes by state by state some like the some like things on the form ask if you like have a mental illness or if you're medicated or if you've been blah 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 but in virginia anybody can open carry and you see like some jackasses walk around walmart with a fucking gun on them like you know that they're fucking just degenerates and they don't actually know how to use a weapon or like they'll get into an altercation and ended up killing somebody and going to jail for it. So it's like, I feel like you have to be more trained to own a firearm. So like to get your concealed carry, yeah, you sit through like a four hour class and take a little test and you pay $15 at the county clerk and there you go. You can conceal a weapon and you like, it's not that hard to fucking own a gun. And I think it should be a little bit harder. And I think that works more than gun control does because it shouldn't yeah, be as like, easy like for people to get a gun, mm -hmm. honestly. Well, like you're saying, That's it just it just end. needs like a little bit of reform. Like it doesn't mean you yeah. need to ban them altogether. It's just let's just see how well, this works and let's just see where we can fix this. You know, it's like I said, I don't think people need fucking like assault style weapons. But again, banning it's not going to fucking help anything. Like it's just going to make it more lucrative in the black market. And the people that are going to do these awful things are going to find a way to get it. And you can destroy every single fucking gun in existence. And even if that's impossible to do, like, there's still going to be shit. Like, there's going to be pipe bombs. There's going to be fucking people running shit over with a van. Like, it's it's just not going to stop. So I feel like people have to defend themselves with guns. And I also think that you need to be more trained and you'd be more careful about who owns them more than it is now. Because it is very simple. Damn. And it, it varies state by state. I'm just saying in Virginia, it's very easy to access a firearm. Damn. Unless you're a felon. Right. And like, it's very easy to look at this when people ask, like, why did the, why is there so many school shootings in America? It's very easy to say, like, oh, it's just because, you know, Americans are obsessed with guns. They love guns and they love shooting each other. And it's like, well, no, because you have to look at other countries like in Switzerland, like you need I think I'm, I'm fairly sure that you are required to have firearm in your house. And there's like in Switzerland. Yeah. And like, you never hear about a fucking shooting in Switzerland. Like you never hear about a school shooting, God forbid. Like, but it's like over here, it's literally just like, we have no fucking morals anymore. Like there's just no regard for any sort of moral anything. <laughs> yeah. And I think people get kind of touchy when you get into that subject, but I agree. I think the majority of people in this country are fucking retarded and, majority of them have a superiority complex whether it's racial or social or economic it's just like and then the ones that are go through psychosis feel the need that they have to be a fucking like just everybody has this mentality that they're better than everyone else and everybody is i think everybody says it all the time like comedians joke about it like people really are fucking stupid in this country like 
there is no getting around <laughs> it like there are like the the majority of this country are fucking just inept morons and most of them have guns and most of them are untrained like you like i go to shooting ranges every now and again you want to believe how many people are so dude i went in there one time there's a fucking guy like they don't like they get so pissed off when you like miss the target and you shoot like the ceiling or the wall or pe- like you walk in there the whole fucking place is riddled with bullet holes like the fucking rafters the ceiling the walls like even the floor and shit like people are just fucking not equipped to shoot a firearm and there's this guy he was in there he was like he was he could like he had a fucking really expensive gun he had a nice scope and he's sitting there on the fucking desk he couldn't hit a, a fucking standing target and he kept hitting the sidewall and is like shooting dust throughout the whole entire range and like he just was so oblivious to it like there's that's what i'm saying like there's too many dumb motherfuckers in this country and a lot of them have guns like it's just a fact <laughs> it's just because we have so much bullshit and shit yeah, we don't it's... need that just makes us stupider and it's just distractions like mark mentioned on my last podcast that I did with him how we just there's just so much bullshit we do mundanely that is just so unimportant and so just detrimental to our state of mind and our overall just happiness you know like just scrolling through your fucking phone yeah which like i still do it and it's still annoying and i'm still just doing everything i can to stop doing it but it's just so fucking powerful man like people don't realize that (laughs) And I know I'm sounding like a boomer right now, but they're right when it comes to that. <laughs> okay, boomer. But no, the boomers are right when it comes to that. They didn't have that shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think life was easier for them back then. So, like, they didn't really have to think about shit like that. They just followed the societal norms, made their money, and did their work, and they didn't really have to think about much else. And obviously, that's a generalization. There's people that struggled through all walks of life in any generation. But, I mean, the people, the, the, the older people that don't realize that, is the ones that went through it like that. <laughs> it's just easy to see the entitlement yeah. of like, of like, Oh, if you work hard, things will happen. It's like, yeah, maybe 60 years ago. <laughs> no, you could still do that. Yeah. But it's more difficult. Like you have to, you have to, you can work hard your whole life and Doesn't go nowhere. Matter, it just depends on what you have to work smart. You have to choose things that actually work. So well, most people yeah, don't know how to do that. But it just requires discipline. And, like, what people that are successful in all this shit, obviously, yes, there is some people that just, there is, there is like, you, there is a bunch of factors. But at the same time, these people that are successful and have all of this, you know, they had a bunch of money, like, where, 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 like, from where they grew up and all this shit. Whatever it could have been, they could still, at the end of the day, just choose to do heroin tomorrow and they could fuck it all up, you know? Yeah. It just, like, these yeah. people, they just, it just takes, like, take a look at the Vietnamese in, in New Orleans. It is, that is just a prime example of, like, a lack of, like, just no victim mentality. Like, we're just going to just do shit, and we're, we're just going to get it done for ourselves, no matter what it is takes. Is there a high yeah. Vietnamese population in New Orleans? Uh, yes, in New Orleans East, there is a bunch of Vietnamese people. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the fucking noodle places are bomb as shit down there then. Um. Well, so I, obviously, when I was in New Orleans, I was an extremely different person. But, so I was not into, like, Vietnamese food back then. Mm. their king cake is i don't i know you haven't had that shit but it's called dong fong sounds it, good i like anything every every vietnamese thing i've um, tried has been fucking phenomenal so i'm sure i'd love it yeah dude i'm telling you when we go to new orleans i am i am feeding you some fucking dong fong how do you you're 19 right yes i am 
fuck, man, turned 21 already. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now, before they raise the drinking age, to fucking hurry up. It's, they're going to raise it to like 40. You never know, man. They raise the tobacco and nicotine and shit to 21. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, I just think everything should just be fucking 18. Even driving, I think people should just be driving at 18. Well, you can drive at 16. No, you can I drive at 15 if you have a no, 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 no. But I'm saying they should change it so that even that plus everything else is just 18. Oh, you, you just make everything 18. Yes, because I think when, because I think, um, when you have these people that are fucking retards just like driving when they're 16 years old, like, I mean, obviously we could go on about the the shit that comes from there and the accidents and all the shit it causes, but also. Um, I just don't understand how we give that when you were literally driving a thing that can like kill people and then it's like it's a heavy fucking machine you're, you're driving and it's really expensive. I understand why that's okay, but it's like, you know, sm- smoking a cigarette or taking a drink, that's going to fuck everything up, you know, when <laughs> when you're 18. Yeah. But I mean, if you want to be realistic about it, like. Most science shows that your brain doesn't stop developing until like your mid twenties, or sometimes women develop a little bit earlier in their early tw- or in their early twenties. So it's like, if you want to make it fair, I feel like, you know, to like drive, to consume alcohol, to purchase a gun, to vote, to you know, take out expensive loans, whether they're student loans or whatever the fuck, you know, should be at, you know twenty four or twenty five. You know, you could you can even make that argument because most okay. people are going to be irrational until they hit that point, and people are still irrational at every age, obviously. But right, you know, just and, to eliminate that. Right, and at the at the end of the day, it doesn't affect me as much because like like the the drinking twenty one because I don't drink and I don't smoke, so I don't really care. Um, also, I am over eighteen, so then my own driving assessment wouldn't um, that wouldn't apply to me because I could still be able to drive and have a car. Yeah. Um, but, and I'm, cause like, I mean, I went the whole time in high school without, um, with, with without, without driving and without a car. And I mean, obviously I, know, I couldn't have done it, man. Right. Like, my, as soon as I turned 15, my parents made me go get a work permit. Like there's no way I'd have them fucking drop me off everywhere. Right. And I think I should have got it done earlier, but I'm glad I have it now. Yeah. So dude, I've winged shit my whole life. Literally like when I turned 15, I did that shit. Got my work permit, did my regular driving permit to get all the hours I needed. And then when I was 16, like literally the day I turned 16, I was standing or not maybe the day close to the my birthday. I was just standing in line at the DMV studying the book because I didn't look at it. And it took like two hours to get through the fucking line because it was on a Saturday morning. And I just got the <laughs> max mistakes you can make was three. And I made three mistakes, got my fucking license and haven't gotten in an accident since. Knock on wood. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten in an accident yet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> driving is a little bit less. Obviously, there's irrational drivers at every age and irrational drinkers at every age. But I don't know. Like, like I said, owning a firearm or getting into a high, you know, pressure loan, <laughs> I think should not be granted to eighteen year olds. I just don't think it should. Boys, so say all the things again. I don't think owning a gun or getting involved in a high predatory loan should be available like getting a student loan should not be available to an 18 year old or buying a weapon should not be available to an 18 year old i thought you told me that you had to be 21 to have a gun you can be 18 and have a rifle you have to be 21 to own a handgun ah i see you'll carry i see you can't conceal carry until you're 21 i i think i see what you're saying okay yeah but like you right now can go buy a rifle and a shotgun but you can't buy a pistol 
This okay, okay, nice. Yeah, like literally, like let's say you go to the gun store tomorrow. You get you show them your ID. You fill out the form. You've never been arrested, I assume. You're not a criminal. Fucking eighteen year old never shot a gun. There you go, bro. Here's a rifle. I'm serious. Like it's that, and sometimes you get approved in like thirty minutes. I've every time I've bought, I've I'm not gonna say how many guns I've bought, but every time I've bought one, it's never been more than forty minute wait. I've always gotten approved the day of. Nice. But that's in just in this state. I don't know how it is in other states. I've never bought a gun in other states besides Virginia. You know, America. You know, they love shooting each other. <laughs> they love running. <laughs> fucking hand the shell like candy. Fuck it. Yeah, well, my brother said when he was in China, that's like legitimately what the people there would like say about America. They're like, yeah, aren't Americans just like running around with like guns and shooting each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> my I favorite don't... one is like a. Uh... Um, when American learns that a group of fish is called a school, it's just a bunch of dudes shooting in a pond. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking brutal. Yeah, man. But yeah, I, I hope this shit gets fixed soon in my lifetime. I, I mean, it's to the point where it's like, I always went back and forth if I wanted children or not, but not anytime ever fucking soon. Well, I do. <laughs> I want to buy wanna the- raise a child in this world. Fuck yeah, dude. You want a boy or a girl? Um, doesn't matter. As long as I can have both. I kind of want to have both. You want to have both? Yeah, I wouldn't want to have, like, however many kids it is. I, I wouldn't want, like, only girls and only boys, you know? Yeah, that, that'd be a fucking nightmare if I was in a house full of girls or a house full of, like, boys. Like, that would just be a fucking... Like, I don't even want more than two kids. Like, one girl, one boy would be my perfect number. That's, or just one kid. That's the stereotypical Japanese family. One girl, one boy. Yeah, and it's like only two. <laughs> the model works, man. They're smart as fuck. Yeah, man. And like, I'm, I'm, um, was America ever like that? I have no idea. And like the, um, I, I, I don't think so. I think America has always been more of a be fruitful type of nation. Like, I really, think that's more it's not like, like yeah, it's, it, no, but like in in like urban environments, it's not like, yeah, I have like a son. Environments people have millions of kids with different people. <laughs> it's probably true. True, I forgot about that. You know, because polygamy. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's think still America, America, Like you said, we're very we're a country of abundance. Right, overabundance. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, because like obviously the religious undertone is be fruitful, multiply. Yeah, so. yeah, it's still so funny to see how like the 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 Puritan evangelical Protestant base of this country is still in all this shit that's like like today in like like used to, we we're talking about with like the drinking age is like 21 and we just have this like this vendetta against like alcohol and stuff like that to an extent yeah. <laughs> and um also just like the way that shit's always like regulated and you need to like just be like everything's just super strict you know whether it's like covid rules or like gun control laws or like um laws of like regulating businesses or like anything you know <laughs> yeah. we're like oh we can't regulate it oh fuck you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> well it just depends on like who has the better moral compass right like what is good and what is not and it's the more people that believe the thing and then if you're the counterculture and you get more people to believe in the counterculture then it flips you know what i mean it's just and there's a counter a that counter back counter and forth, back and forth yeah what do you think of the pilgrims as a people yeah, just give me your opinion about the pilgrims. Like the are you talking like specifically like Puritans that came to like the Massachusetts area, New England area? Like those people? Yeah, they were like all Puritan. For the most part. Like I, like the original like, like that original Puritan 
people that like settled, yeah, like in Massachusetts and the East Coast. Uh, I I would not want to live there. It sounds like it was fucking a nightmare, and you know the Salem witch trials were a thing. Fucking fighting with engines, like it just didn't seem like a good time to live. Yeah, man. And there's <laughs> nothing around. <laughs> Can really do shit besides just go to church and work. Didn't sound fun at all. <laughs> people say that's the same shit now. It's just yeah, but you have more choice. Of I know, stuff. <laughs> I know, but it's <laughs> like back then. But like I was saying, you can play Star Wars Battlefront for fucking ever and be late to a podcast back then. I know. The point of the story <laughs> is that Will is a fucking asshole who was was um, you know I didn't have any respect for time or my, my, the pay, the patience of Jason or Jason's time, and I'm just a greedy, corrupt bureaucrat. Yeah, you're over here like America has no morals anymore. You need Jesus, bro. Fuck you. I know, and and then I fucking I just dicked you. I just like didn't give you. I I completely regard like didn't regard anything of of, of yours. You know, I'm sorry. So dude. I say we're a nation of hypocrites, bro. Yep, nah, I'm, I'm I'm feeding. I mean, dude, to be shit. honest, to be honest, dude, fucking Battlefront's fun as shit. I haven't played Battlefront in so long. Oh, I want to play it again. Man, it is. I love that game. The fucking. Do you know like the Jet Trooper? That shit yes. is so yes. goddamn fun. How I can just like, this is, I could like, and the fuel is so long. I can just, I can make escapes. I can just go and capture the command post, and I have like my my rocket launcher. It's so badass and and fun. And when I do this, because like I barely play video games anymore. Every time I actually do go back and do this, I'm like, man, this is fun as shit. <laughs> so were you playing like the original Battlefront or Battlefront Two? It was the original one, yeah. Oh shit! Because didn't I think they made a remake? Didn't they? Yeah, and it wasn't that good. I was about to say, I heard, it didn't look that fun. No, I mean, it's it's kind of cool. It was kind of cool for the first, like, few days that you play it. Because before that, there had just been a lack of... There had just been, like, a long drought of no Star Wars games. But then, um, Disney... Like, because it was like, Disney had just, like... Had, they, they had just bought star wars in 2013 and there was a bunch of projects that fell through the roof unfortunately um that's why battlefront 3 never got to get made but they they, they signed a bunch of other deals with like ea or whatever and ea had like the exclusive rights to make star wars games but then again they they, they got that in 2013 so then it took a few you know a few years for them to actually like develop these games um and so then it was it just came from like the this is exciting, you know, because there's like a new Star Wars game that's out. That's not like a Lego game. <laughs> but, um, and it was also cool to have like a Star Wars game that had like really good graphics, you know, and it was like on a next gen system. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I, I could see how they like, they did all this work in like recreating the models perfectly and really make you feel like you're in the Star Wars universe. But then it didn't have like, it didn't even have like enough content to last you like a week. It was really just bare bones, you know? I think it's just part of you don't have to make a fun game. You just have to tell people that you use the latest graphics or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's like a gimmick and a gimmick only works to an extent. And like, don't get me wrong. You can have a lot of fun with a gimmick. A, a gimmick is like there's still good shit from a gimmick like the Wii. Like the Wii was fun as shit. But there's, you know, I love the Wii. I know I still love the Wii and I, I, I hate to call the Wii a gimmick, but it's like, no, actually, no, a gimmick is the connect because the connect like nobody fucking looks back at the connect and is like. Yeah, that was a quality ass time, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I mean, you can go back and forth and calling like what is and what isn't a gimmick, but I mean, it, it definitely fucking worked. I always think gimmicks are like a 
a shitty imitation of something, but it's like supposed to be their unique factor. Oh, it just oh, doesn't work. I'll, I'll give you my definition. A gimmick is like it's it's an illusion of an improvement. You know, I feel like that's a good one. Yeah, it's like all this shit now with like the new thing that's on the iPhone. It's like, why do you need that? Like, what is that going to do? Like, is that really going to make the iPhone more convenient than it already was? <laughs> They just like to use the word technology on any new bullshit thing to just, you know, win yeah, some awards or check off some boxes or whatever the fuck. Technology is over. Yep, technology is a scam, dude. Yeah, it is a fucking scam. And that's why games like Battlefront were so fun because, dude, not that many games are fucking two-player anymore like that in-game. Oh, no, and that's what pisses me the fuck off because even on – I have it, like, downloaded on my Xbox One, and it's, like, the original version. But for some reason, the only thing it doesn't have from the from the original version is the fucking split screen. I can't play the split okay. screen unless I play on my original Xbox, which works, like, every once in a while. And I'm like, did you guys really need to take that away? Was it really – Of course, you're losing money, man. You got to fucking pay for it. You can't do this bitch for free. No, yes, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I already paid for this shit. Did you really need to like put an effort to take it out? Like and charge more money too. Yes, I'm like no, but I mean you could have charged the same amount of money and just kept the game exactly the same. Like why did you need to change that? It's like I'm like I'm not like it's not like you were remaking the game and you just excluded a feature that was in the old game. Like it's the same game. So why did you need to change it? It's so irritating because I have so many memories that I will cherish forever of like playing with my brother and my sister on Battlefront and we're like in a tank together like I'm manning the 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 um the fucking the 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 the, the ship I'm driving it and then my sibling is just like shooting on the top on the turret it's just so fucking fun man and then like like you said yeah. video games are are just optimized for like solo or just online experience and there's no like that like that couch play there's just no more of that in video games, you know, of like that two player. We're just both there and just chilling, you know. Yeah, and I think honestly, the game that utilized split screen with also online was Halo. Like Halo Three was a fucking like, Fuck yeah, oh my dude. god, you could do so much shit in Halo Three more than you really can now do now in games. Like it's fucking wild. Yeah, because it's like Halo Five. I know they said that the reason um, they they took out the split screen is because they wanted it to run at 60 frames per second all 100% of the time. And Oh, God. No, and it, it, I mean, like, the 60 frames per second, it makes the game look really nice. Like, the, it's a good-looking game, but it's like, at the same time, was that fucking worth it? <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, no, it's obviously just because they want to put less money and manpower into doing it, so they're just not going to do it. It's not about keeping the fucking frame... Like, the frame rate's not a fucking issue. Especially with Unreal Engine, whatever the next one coming out, where they are basically doing a lot more complex detailing with less. They call them, I think they call them polygons. Like that's like the actual frames of. I'm not a fucking animation guy, so I'm not gonna get the right term. But oh, basically, yeah, that's like it's, less physical material needs to be done to create a very cinematic or very detailed picture. So you can do a lot more stuff that doesn't take as much bandwidth and or as much framework or whatever the fuck. I think it's like the checkerboard technique or something. It's something like that. Yeah. Something like that. They also have like really insane shadows and lighting in this one too. Like it's really cool. Yeah. I, wish I, I really wish I was into it, man. Like it just, it seems like a loads of fun. Yeah. It's so cool to think about like, how they're made, you know, cause there still is, and I still argue for that the fact that video games are an art form and how there is like a craft to making them, you know? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I just I I will debate with anyone who wants to tell me that they're not. And I understand that like you do just have this kind of idea that video games are just like COD and just shit that's just designed to be addictive. And it's like, yes, the majority of video games are not designed to be good. They're just designed to be addictive. But at the same time, there's still a bunch of these video games that are good and they are well designed and it is something to to be in awe of, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can design a really fun game and it's really addicting, but it, they develop it to have an end. So it's like eventually it's going to run out of fun and that honestly should be the goal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Battlefront, just that just tickles my pickle with memories. Yeah, man. And like just being in like the ships and then just fighting on the thing and you get in these thick fights. That's why... Like, Dude, the space battles, bro. Yes, and like the they're fucking space battles. Yes, and like how you could go from like the space to the air, and then you could like go to the yeah. go to the enemy flagship and just take it from the inside. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, you could also do all this other shit, and that's why games like Battlefront—they're the opposite of repetitive, and that's why like most games now are just so repetitive because like, you don't have that choice because it's all sacrificed for you know like we're talking about all these good as shit graphics and all that stuff. But um, Battlefront, like with Battlefront, I I still get to this day all these like little nuggets of of experiences and little things here and there that I find, and it's just so cool. And there's so much options and variety and shit. The only thing that's missing, honestly, is just online play, which I wish still existed. But yeah, yeah, they really need to do a better revamp of that game and just make it as truly original as they can with more features, more stuff to do, and better graphics. You know, like I. I feel like we the world needs another really fun game right now. Everybody's so fucking divided. Yeah, man. Like, remember when just, like, guys like you and me could bond over just, like, the fucking Call of Duty chat with, like, I'm going to say the N-word. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm not going to lie. I really miss that era of people just shitting on each other. I, obviously, it was fucking brutal, but, you know, fuck yeah. it. Like, it stayed in the video games. Yeah, but I, for me, I never did that, but, like... Um, I miss like the, it's a Friday night. I'm getting on Xbox live with my buddies and eventually we're just like, we're not even talking about the video game. We're just playing a video game. And then we're also just talking about random shit and we're just being buddies, you know, and we're bonding over the video game. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I really miss that too. We'd have, um, what I would do with my friends is we would have sleepovers every weekend and we would literally stay up till four in the morning doing, uh, zombies. Oh, that like zombies marathons. Yep, I did similar things, or like we'd play like through the whole campaign of of Halo or something. Yeah, or, uh, ah, yeah. so much, dude. And now we're all we're old men now, essentially, and we just work fifty hours a week. We can't do this shit anymore, dude. I know, it's fun to dream. Yep, I'm like, what? I'm like, can I one day have so much money so that I could just play Battlefront all day? <laughs> You never know, man. You might get there. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. I'll be willing. Do you wish that? Like, do you do you want to have a bunch of money? No, because obviously, I mean, that shit would only be interesting to an extent. Like, I would not want to just wake up and play Battlefront every day. I mean, it's it's honestly... Well, obviously not. Yeah. No, but like, I mean, for me, I just want enough money to, like, have a family and have a job that I don't hate. And like, but it's something at the same time that's still challenging. And there's still like that, like that workman aspect to it, but at the same time, I can still um, have enough money to eventually t go to like, like go on a vacation with my family and do all that stuff yeah. and send them to a nice school 
that's all I'm really looking for. I think it just depends on the person because like for me, I remember like I've been in, I'm, I'm not in, been in situations that's been super fucking uncomfortable. Where I feel like I'm not going to know what I'm going to do. But I mean, when I was living with my parents and I was, didn't have anything to worry about money or food or anything like that wise. And like, I didn't just like slouch around and do nothing. Like I still worked full time. I still made time to have friends or date somebody or do whatever the fuck, right? I made time for things and I didn't just take that opportunity to do nothing or just play video games all day. So even if I have, like, I want to get to the point in my life where like, I'm super comfortable like that again, where like, I don't have to ever worry about money as being an obstacle not saying I want to have like an abundance of it to where it's just I can blow my money and a bunch of stupid shit. I just want to be set up to where I'm comfortable in every aspect of life and I can you know, it, so I, you're, you're just I can really be more ambitious and get more work done by doing that. You're, you're so essentially just kind of like me, right? Where you just want to live finance, financially stable and not have to have that worry about, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. the goal cuz I don't want to turn just, I don't want to lose sight of myself you know, either like having to struggle or on the other opposite where I just am just <laughs> indulgent, you know, yeah, all the time. But at the same but, time, like in, in a situation where like, let's say, you know, I do have kids and like, I am worried about my job. I'm still just going to just fucking do it, man. So that they don't have to deal with the shit, you know, that's yeah, what I, I mean, want, that man. That's, that's the point yeah. of life. You know, I see my dad doing that for me and I, I see the good example and I'm going to continue that, you know, I'm going to bring that to my that kids cool. and then the kids are going to bring it to their kids and the whole recycle, you know, the whole, like you see just the whole, the, like the family tree and the line and the genealogy, you know, it goes from, from King David all the way to Jesus, you know, and you can see the whole genealogy and like the lineage. It's so cool, dude. I don't, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've asked you before and we can skip over if I have, have you done like a extensive background research, like an ancestry thing or anything like that? Um, both of my parents had. So I assume it's just kind of whatever they have, sort of. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I have yet to do something like that. I've been, I've been kind of curious to know because I, I have a base understanding of where my family comes from on both my mom and dad's side, but I don't really have a clear picture or too many physical pictures in that respect too. So right. I don't know. I, I feel like, like I said, being comfortable with myself to where I can just find extra things to do, that would be the next thing i do. Right. Um, but like, how far back do you know your genealogy? Uh, it's not that far. I would say like late 1800s to early 1900s on one side of my family. That's kind of, well, for me, I, um, I don't necessarily know it, but like my mom knows certain things of like people that like, you know, were descended from like French settlers in, in, um, Louisiana from like the, the early 1800s to like you know even the 1700s some of them but um my dad yeah. my dad's side since he was descended from eastern european jews um there wasn't enough documentation with that so it would just be literally impossible to know like i only know up to my great great grandpa who came here in the early 1900s so you only could get any genetic information then really no, and yeah, like, and a lot of these people, unfortunately, were you know, their histories and and everything related to them was just destroyed by the Nazis because the Nazis just wanted to eradicate anything and everything related to these people, you know. So there's just there was, oh, there's that, no I, way to know, you know. <laughs> you always forget about that part. Yeah, that's yeah, and like yeah, this wow. this and like you can still see the like the 
the the aftermath of it today and like just the stolen memories from like in Chandler's list how you just there's the scene of they're just taking the suitcases and just dumping all the shit on the piles just ready to go get it incinerated because like it just they just didn't want anything remotely related to these people to ever be on the earth ever again and in that also i think it had a lot of adverse effects where it brought a lot of that into the limelight too because i think there's great historical records from that time from a lot of different families i assume at least from the people that i've heard interviewed about it yeah and that's why just because it didn't happen that not that long ago so you still have people surviving that can tell the rest of the story or go over their lineage or what their parents even did and what they had business wise and where their family came from. So, Oh yeah, no, the only reason I know my, so like my great, great grandfather, the only reason I knew about his brother who like, I know his, his granddaughter who is like related to us. And we met her whole side of the family and, and, and stuff like that through like um, a, a Skype call. It was so cool. And it was also really cool because we saw how like, they kind of looked like us and it was like this whole part of like our family that like i just we didn't know and how leah is her name she like she was the lady we were talking to who's like our third or whatever cousin i don't even know what the term would be but how she saw my brother and she was just like in awe of how much he looked like her grandpa it was so cool yeah Man, yeah, see, th- hearing stuff like that makes me want to go do it for my own side. The only thing that I have is um, I have the, the actual physical picture of the ship that on my dad's side, the people that came over from Germany, and I guess it was two brothers, and they didn't have any family left, or they all died out, so they came over to the States in the like late 1800s, early 1900s, and they had a, like a disagreement, so... There's two sides of the family that are pretty. It's it's not like a Hatfield McCoy situation, but it's pretty much like they isolated the families from each other. So there's I have a pretty uncommon last name. So there's like a group of people that I've seen on social media that have my last name that I've never like met or heard of in my life, and they're from you know another state. But that's that's kind of as far back as it goes on that plane. And then also my dad's side on my grandmother's side. Um, is she's like first generation Mexican and um, her parents moved from Mexico to like Colorado or some shit. And then I think she was born here, but I don't know anything like genetically or anybody that if I have still family left in Mexico, there's also disagreement. Like my grandmother fully believes that we're Apache and then some other family members think that it's like Navajo. So there's a lot of shit that I want to explore on that side. And on my mom's side, I think it's just a bunch of like German, French, Scandinavian shit. I have no idea. I, I don't really think I'm from that side. Yeah. Um, what is your last name, by the way? I forget. I don't want to say it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Well, it's okay. No one listens to this podcast anyway. It's a. It's just, I mean, it's, it's literally phonetically how it's pronounced. It's just a long German name. Right. Well, so my thing is kind of similar. With, like, in the fact that, um, so, like, where I'm descended from with my dad's Jewish lineage. So, my, my great-great-grandfather, he came here with his brother. But then, and, like, they kind of, they worked here for a little while. But they came by themselves. They had families that were still in Ukraine. And so, they had they had made up enough money to to bring their families over. But then... My great-great-grandfather's brother 
was like, nah, I kind of want to go back to Ukraine. And so then his side of the family stayed there, you know. Mm. Yeah, and I... It's always amazing how, like, one decision to move to, like, one place or the other, it just just catalysts into millions of other like <laughs> decisions down the line of where a whole entire group of people can just be from. Yes. So it's like, and like, I look at crazy. Yeah. And I look at my situation and I see, I like, come here and I meet all of these different people, you know, it's like, what the fuck? I would have never met you, man. I would have never had the irrelevant podcast. It's so crazy to think about it. And it's, it's also cool how as humans, we have this obsession of like alternate timelines and, and what ifs, you know? Yeah, and that's why, like, I like the 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 concept of time travel and going back and affecting things and seeing how they actually would play out in the real world if you change them. But I just think so. It's like I could, you know, if I decide, I like even the fact of me deciding to have kids or not. Like, I could, if I was like, you know, one, if I was in a situation where I was one of the you know few remainders of my bloodline, I'd have the sole fucking power to just end it with me. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Or it's like, like I said, I, I could stay here forever. Right. And I could, you know, have kids here and like they could stay here or I could move to a completely different state. And like my whole entire generation, generations after me would just fucking be from that state, even though like that's not even like I could live, you know, for 30 some years here, fucking have kids here and then just decide to move randomly to another state. And then that's where the legacy continues is in that state, even though we're from here originally. It just it blows my mind sometimes. Yeah, man. Like all all four of my grandparents are from New Orleans. And every so, do you have any family anywhere else in the states besides there? In the states, mm-hmm. well, um, well, so my cousins obviously they're from New Orleans, but they live in Texas. Um, my other cousins they're from here also, but they they live in well, like like my uncle, but he and and my my cousins and my aunt live in Rhode Island. Um. But I'm just trying to think of like past my grandparents. So I know that my great grandma on my dad's side, one of them that is, was from like Atlanta. So I assume I might have family out there. I would know them. Um, and I don't know any, I think it's still, it's just mostly just New Orleans. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. The majority of your family is from a specific place yeah. as opposed to just scattered across the country. Well, right. And even like my, my great-great-grandfather who came from Ukraine, um, he settled in Ohio and my great-grandfather is from there. And they're like originally kind of in that area, you know. But then he came down to New Orleans, so. Hmm. Yeah. No, he literally get this. My great-grandfather, Sam Zeldin, who defended Lee Harvey Oswald, by the way. <laughs> oh, I remember you told me that. Yeah. yeah, dude. He literally defended the dude who shot uh, JFK. Um, he literally moved down to New Orleans because he didn't like the weather in Ohio. And he's like, oh, I hear New Orleans might have better weather. So let's move there. <laughs> and that's how it started. Oh, dude, could you imagine being from Ohio? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, that is the most stereotypical, like, average-ass American like just everything we make fun of kitsch like everything <laughs> so like i've been to a, like a bunch of different places in ohio it's a beautiful state the fucking people on the other hand holy christ that is just like the epitome <sighs> of like german like you know <laughs> like german immigrants that like 
Yeah. <laughs> I think, dude, there's a comedian that I don't know. I don't remember who this was. He got in trouble. <laughs> he was like, if 9-11 happens again, I hope it happens in Ohio or some shit like that. <laughs> was it like Bill Burr or some shit? I don't know. It was one of those fucking guys, probably. Yeah, but Bill Burr's funny. <laughs> I do enjoy, it. dude. I so I remember. I, I, I'm tying this because it just reminds me of what you told me. How like I I like I love music so much, and I've been to so many concerts, and you're starting to get into music, but you've never been to a concert. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a stand-up show ever. Neither have I. I really want to go to one. I haven't had the chance to do it, dude. If Joe Rogan ever comes here, let's go. <laughs> I don't know if I'd see his stand-up. I don't think his stand-up is that good. I've only heard like one of his things and it was, it was, it was pretty funny, but it was just like a little, it's entertaining, but it was a little segment of a thing he said about like the, the constitution or whatever. If he was like, not as like, if he wasn't as popular, like I, I'm assuming his tickets are expensive. Like I, I would, I wouldn't think I'd pay more than like a hundred dollars to go see him. Right. But also like, I don't associate him with being like a comedian. I just think of him as like a dude who's just like speaking his mind as like, and he's like a martial artist, you know, I don't really think of him as a comedian. Dude, it's even weird for me because I remember him from Fear Factor. Like that's who, like that's who he was to me. Like not even a guy that did like uh, UFC yeah. commentary. He, he was just the Fear Factor guy. So I was like, what is a podcast? It's so <laughs> weird because like it's so weird how so many people have like a different idea of like an exposure to Joe Rogan. Like a lot of people think of him as like just like the weed dude. A lot of people just think of him as the ape man or the comedian or like just like the 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 the, the Boston martial artist. Like he has a bunch of different cool like idiosyncratic things about him he and he's one of those interesting people too because i i think most of the time what irritates me obviously like joe rogan has a lot of really stupid takes on things and he gets yes. in trouble for shit right but yes here's my thing like people really miss the point of his podcast the po- like you don't go to his podcast to like influence your opinion from joe rogan you're going to like see like who he like he I've never watched, like, I've watched hours, like, sometimes he annoys me, like, I, I do, like, enjoy listening to him, but sometimes he just kind of, like, irritates me with the shit that he says, but I've never in my life seen a platform that brings on the most interesting guests that has the form of communication that is, you know, bar none to anything else, like, you can't sit and listen to hours of free entertainment or just learn something or just have, like, it's crazy the amount of people he brings on. He's had over what what fucking episode is he on now? Like fourteen, fifteen hundred something. So, like, I think he's past that. No, but like, cause he like crazy. like you said, the point of it is just he's just like I just want to have a normal conversation with someone. Like no bullshit, no like promotions, no like hey in the podcast. Remember to talk about this, please. Like it's just I'm just gonna sit down yeah. and have a conversation with someone. It doesn't matter who it is, no matter what, like where they come from. Yeah, like I just want to talk to someone because that's what we need to do as human beings. Yeah, I don't give a shit what Joe Rogan says. I want to hear like the the people that he has on. He has such interesting guests on his show. I still want to listen to what he says. I mean, obviously, like like you said, there's a lot of shit that I think he is just has either just like a base level knowledge about, or his opinion just fucking sucks, and I don't respect it. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that I. I am like a hundred percent with him and I think he has good takes on and I'm like, yeah, man, like you're, you're speaking the truth. <laughs> yeah. He, he, like I said, I, I hate the fucking like left wing political hit job that gets done on him because like it, like you can tell like his intention is it's not malicious at all. And he's just fuck, like, 
he, like the amount of like different types of people that he brings on just to even have a platform like just disproves that in itself but especially like when he brought bernie sanders on people were so fucking irritated at bernie sanders for going on joe rogan what's like the point of going on the show is to like get what he has to, like if you're a fan of bernie sanders there's no better fucking like thing to see him on because if you like watch a debate you're just gonna hear like people right. argue with each other yeah. about forty second second you know forty seven second tidbits of bullshit. So it's like yeah. you can't and get to like yes, exactly. actually hear what mm-hmm. they have to say. Yeah, and, like you know it's filtered. You know there's gonna be some shit where they were they were kind of be like, hey, remember to say this thing. But like when you exactly because yeah, so scripted. Yeah, because you're gonna hear him in his like actual real thoughts. And the other thing is like all that shit that was coming out about like the the, the leftists like anti Joe Rogan thing. I'm like, you know this guy's like kind of left wing like i don't understand why you guys he's more left wing than he's right the only thing yes, he really no, gets he's shit for he's is the trans wing. thing that's it yeah but other the trans than... thing and in, in the n-word thing i guess is like but yeah the, the trans thing and the n-word thing is really the biggest hits that i guess you could say he could take but everything else he's super fucking left wing about no which is really but like funny <laughs> but even the trans thing i thought he was only against just like trans like surgery on kids like i thought he was fine with it when you're an adult i think he's also like against like uh, trans people in sports. I think he wants like a oh, yeah, yeah, category yeah, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. It's been for fucking ever. I don't right. really give a shit. But I just think like it's just stupid that like people are attacking the like his medium is the best medium you can have for something informative or something that's entertaining because it's yes. like it's it's hours of content. Right. And like you said, it's free. You get these people like it's it's about the guests like you said you get so you get these people like Bernie Sanders or whoever it is that you support you can just have them speaking their actual thoughts and like that's the best yeah. way to hear it. You know? And I don't want to hear this like misinformation shit because like we're misinformed on every fucking level in this country when it comes to the food we fucking eat like there's so much misinformation everywhere like I don't like when I listen to something I don't have to like I'll like oh that kind of makes sense but it's not gonna take like something to like something to to, to, to fuck i can't talk something could disprove that and i would be fine with it i'm like oh i guess it's different then like i don't like get bent out of shape that if i've learned something that is not true like it doesn't like we just we're fucking just get bent over a barrel on so many different aspects in this country like i i'm not i don't really expect anything is too true when i listen to it honestly so it's like i don't give a shit about like misinformation spreading even if that is what it's going on yeah that's fine the only thing that we can be 100% certain is true is the Bible. I swear to God, <laughs> if you're going to fucking say this a million times again. Because it's true, man. <sighs> Bible is the only thing we can know. The word of God is the only thing that we can know is true. There's got to be a counter. So where like, you have to like count how many times you've said that in all the episodes and just have it as like a little ticker in the bottom left corner of the screen. Just like, to see like <laughs> after like two years of doing this, how many times you've said that on here. Yeah, dude, I was thinking about going back and listening to all these and finding shit like that and just making a montage and like a ding, yeah. <laughs> ding. You'd have a 10 minute video pretty soon. Oh yeah. I, I, w- <laughs> I wanted to do like, maybe when we hit like 20 episodes, do like a best of irrelevant podcast part one or something like that. I feel like you should do that if there's actually growing an audience. <laughs> Otherwise, it's yeah. just fucking oh. stupid. Like, best of. <laughs> Dude, the... Play the celebratory music, bro. <laughs> um, the, my episode with Mark last week got 66 views, which is like... Oh, did it really? Yeah, because normally, I'm trying to look at the shit, the views we get. It usually gets like 14 or 9 or some shit like that. Yeah, we averaged... Like, like me and you, when you're on, we get an average of like now, like 15 to even 15 is kind of pushing it. Yeah. Like, 
we get this the damn the one with Chevelle and the inner piece that got four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're shooting big. Hey, but then the Mark Anthony yeah. the Mark Anthony metaphysics self help got nineteen, so you know he balances out. Nice. But then you see the one with Mark. You got 66. I guess maybe there's a higher market for that because a lot of these people that I'm like, I'm posting this shit on social media to are like, they're from New Orleans. So like they know who he is. So they're going to want to hear that. Um, I think too, it's just the more you do just over time, like you're going to just keep growing it and growing it. And then like when somebody clicks on a video that interests them, then like they'll watch the other ones too. So I think it's just, that's just how it kind of spirals out. I, I don't know. Like YouTube's algorithm is weird. Yeah, I really haven't mastered it yet. I've been watching videos on this site for a long, long time and, you know, heard a lot of content creators say their gripes and their challenges with it. But it just seems like it's always changing things. So who fucking knows, really? The algorithm, All I know man. is that sometimes the algorithm, like, just randomly picks your video to put on top. And a lot of people see it and it just becomes viral for no reason. Like, there's been videos that have been five years old that the algorithm just picks and a lot of people are watching it again. It's really strange. Yeah, I was watching this video on how we complain about the algorithm all the time, but the only thing that validates the algorithm is just us actually clicking on the videos because we can make the decision to just not click on the video. <laughs> well, it's that and also like the subscription and the likes and all that other shit too. It's not right, just clicking right. on the video. Yeah, because don't like videos that have a lot of likes, don't that just make it more likely to be recommended? I, again, I have no idea. Uh, it's it's really a fucking gamble. I, yeah. I don't know. No, get the, get this, that, dude. Like, uh, like, yeah, get this. We're all like bitching about how we need like the the fucking formula to like the McDonald's sauce or like the cane sauce or all the Chick Fil A sauce, whatever the fuck it is. I want the fucking formula for the YouTube algorithm, man. Yeah, you and everybody else. Yeah, no, I'm more concerned about that. I don't give a shit about the Chick-fil-A sauce. I also, like, it, it's like you have to put more work into it. So it's like if you just, like, find a way to market it where it's like you post it on forums of people that might find this topic's interesting. Or you, like, if you were to go to, like, a Chevelle fucking, you know, fan group thing or a forum and you just post it, like, hey, here's the thoughts on this album. What do you guys think? Like, but you do have to do some active amount of networking Obviously, on the internet, it's not as necessary because this is the networking, and YouTube is a website that millions of people fucking flock to, but you do have to do some active work and stuff to grow it, but again, it just depends on what you want out of it, and I don't know. like I feel like there's worse content out there that gets more views and subscribers. I don't think it's really too much about that, really. Yeah. I don't think our shit's like so unlistenable. Like the shit we do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, we're still just doing this, and I, oh, I, I keep saying that a lot. At the, I'll, I'll change it up because this is what I learned in English class. You can't just keep repeating the same shit over and over again. You need to restate it. At um, at the end of the day, I'm just kind of doing this because I just want something to speak and like just have my thoughts just put out. Because it's so fucking cool. One of the coolest things about a podcast is like you can have a really awesome conversation. And you can go back and listen to it because how many times had you had it like when you were like younger, when you were like you having just like a conversation with the boys or with like whoever it was and you had such an awesome conversation, but like you can never go back to it. But now you could fucking go back to it. It's almost like time travel. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it's physical recording. And I it, it's almost it's I mean, I think it's more of a blessing and a curse because I mean, there's shit that I listen back. It's like, fuck. 
I don't know if you if you feel this way, but like you think of something in your head, right, and it just comes out the exact opposite, and you think it you think it makes sense in the moment, and you listen back, it's like, holy fuck, this is the opposite of what I wanted to say. Oh, definitely. <laughs> or it's like, ooh, I didn't realize I said that in the moment. I don't, like you, you go back and like, fuck, like that's not how I actually feel. So like, there's a lot oh, of that yeah. shit too. It's just, ugh. oh, I feel that too. Like when I was trying to listen to the podcast the other day, I was like, oh man, I said that. <laughs> which one i don't remember i think it was the one with chevelle i don't remember which one it was specifically but like it, it's hard because like i can think that i'm speaking very well and i'm articulated well but i fuck it up it just goes like like things like things like yeah, like like you know. at the at the end of the day oh, i hate that so much. but at dude. the same time and it's like i'm not trying to do that but it's still annoying and that's just how it comes out you know yeah, and I think it makes because I I enjoy listening to it because I try to make an active. Uh, I I don't know I, I I shouldn't say that I don't really make an active choice to try to communicate better. I feel like I listen to it I was like fuck okay next podcast I'm not gonna do this this and this and then I just get into the mindset where I just you know go raw again and I just don't even think about that shit and I just go back to what I was doing from all the other ones. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just kind of think about it, and it's it's just like a process that's just going to happen over time. I mean, I think we've gotten better at it. Well, yeah, I mean, the more you do it, the more practice you get. I just think it's funny yeah, that, like, like, I'm super critical of it, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and change it on the next one, then I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Yeah. But podcast is fucked, dude. We're doing it's a really the only medium where you can get any sort of jackass and just have their shitty opinions on here and then people can either love it or just hate it or not listen to it. Yeah, that's what makes it so cool. I'm just trying to get more guests and like I'm telling you if you if you're listening to this right now and you want to be on my podcast, just just hit me up. I'll put you on the podcast. We could have a badass awesome conversation. <laughs> Yeah. We got to do one where it's like multiple people. So it's like you, me, and like one guest or you, me, and two other people. I w- Not like I don't want to get too many people in the same one because it kind of gets chaotic, but at least like three or four people. Three or four. Four. Like us included. Four would be the limit. But like I. Yeah. I, I, I want him to be on it, but I know he doesn't want to. Be, I want Matt to be on the podcast. No, he's not going to do it. He, he's too scared to say some fucking raunchy shit again. Like he's Oh, just yeah. Him. I forgot that he has like the aftermath of doing his own and he fucked it up. Yeah. Um, what about but, yeah no <laughs> if we got like travis or some shit <laughs> dude it's the people that i know like their schedules are just so fucked like it's it's hard to you can't even get them to commit to do something for like an hour or two one day a week like it's just i don't know it's just I, everybody i know is on such a fucking weird schedule it's just i don't i don't i i can't think of anybody in my head that'd be good for this medium what about adrian i he would talk for fucking ever <laughs> well hey that's what we need <laughs> <laughs> i don't know my you know what fuck it might as well might as well really care yeah oh so tomorrow is sunday do you want to go to mass with me i'm actually going to my parents uh for the weekend for memorial day but oh i forgot about yeah that. so yeah so this week i'm doing that next weekend i'm going to be in la but if you want the following week i could do that and then we could talk about it sure I, like mm-hmm. are you talking about like the the latin mass and like all the singing and shit yes yeah, so like I, I do want to experience that and see what it's like. I can't guarantee you if it's if it's going to be the singing because there's high mass and low mass. High is when it's all sung. Low is when it's like only the priest is speaking and you can barely hear him and it's all silent. I just, 
But either one, I think I, of high side, low side. I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> but either way, I think it's it's they're both equally really cool in different ways. Okay. Yeah. Is it at? Um, I don't have to say where it is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, probably in t- uh, two or three weeks or whatever the fuck. Mm. Or actually, fuck no, because I have to move. God, ah. I'm on that day. Okay, so hold on. Because we're adults, we have to do shit on a fucking calendar. Man, why can't we be kids anymore and we could just do this? <laughs> we could just play Xbox till four, and we didn't have to give a shit about why the fuck. Want to go get Arizonas and our bikes on Friday? Sure. Yeah. Oh, dude, um, I wish. Just go to Seven Eleven, <laughs> get snacks, some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So the um the nineteenth. Oh fuck, that's Father's Day. Fuck, man. Ah, uh, we can't do anything. Okay, I guess twenty sixth. That's like the closest I see. June twenty sixth. I'm coming back from Los Angeles on that Sunday. The next oh, week, I have to move out. Nineteenth right. is Father's Day, and then to, it looks like the twenty sixth is a date. All right, it's a date, bro. That's when it's happening. That's nice. Oh yeah, bro. You got to get ready. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wait, were you singing the the Hunchback of Notre Dame thing? I was starting to do the Halo theme, and I realized I can't sing. Oh, so okay, because then <laughs> you sang like the exact notes to the Hunchback of Notre Dame opening song. I'm sure I did. I have no control over my voice. It's such a good song, like the. <laughs> it's. I haven't actually seen that whole movie. I would like to. How hard would it be to get the choir to sing the Halo theme at your church? Like realistically, how hard would it be? No, to actually sing it in a mass even better yeah oh like no you couldn't that's impossible you couldn't do that yeah but it has to be like a little bit possible no a little little bit of donation money in the right direction you know wink wink um no because like i know the priests (laughs) there they would never allow that that's even better you know them you can get it in well i'm saying i know them in the sense that like i know how they operate so like well you have a month to prepare so i'm sure you'll find it something no, but also like if I wanted if I wanted for them to sing something, the fact that like even if it was liturgical music, I I would have to talk to the music director who who coordinates what li- what like what music is going to be used for the liturgical thing because like it's this huge schedule. So that even if it is like a, another religious song as opposed to this religious song, it would be hard enough to do that. So I swear to God, I thought you said liturgical song. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no um no i feel you i'm just i'm just fucking around but i mean to do it in the choir would be kind of cool i mean you could I always i don't know why i mean you could do it like when groups of people do it right you could do it at a choir like concert you could definitely do that but not at mass because you're literally doing the sacrifice you're doing the most sublime act on the face of the on the face of the earth <laughs> They're, yeah but you could like sing the notes and just do it to the melody or sing the lyrics and just do it to the melody of the Halo theme, and people would notice because you you do it for like a couple bars and then stop and go back to original one. Well, you know, well you're saying that I don't. <laughs> that's interesting. Like I don't know how that would be like if you if you just sang like if you, if you took a liturgical prayer and just yeah, just sung it in the melody of the Halo theme. Yeah, that I don't know about. That'd be fun. That's interesting. You know, that'd be fucking cool. Oh yeah, no, it's a badass tune. Cause you could do that to anything. <laughs> Uh oh! Did you cut out again? Wait, did you not? Did it not register? <laughs> no, it did. Ah! I'll it recorded on the audio, but dude, you—I thought your fucking mic died again or some shit. Let's see. Oh man, we don't want to repeat it. That we don't want any uh, more of these bullshit technical difficulties. Guy was like, "Nope, 
Blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, Will, what the fuck are you doing, man? Got him. Oh, man. Well, I think this is a good place to stop. I, I mean, agree. This, this, was, this was a good one. It's, I don't think it was as good as some of the other ones, but it's a nice return. You say that every episode. <laughs> Do I? Because some of the episodes, I think we did You're a like, great job. I didn't really feel this one. I guess it was okay. We no, talked about three hours. I don't, all right. Yeah, but I don't say that shit on every yes, single one of them. On the last one. Yes, you do. No, I fucking don't. On the last one we did with the Mark Anthony shit, I was like, yo, I'm dicking. And then Jason was like, are you feeling You're it, Will? You're not starting that fucking, it's not going to stick. Stop <laughs> saying it. Hey, I'm dicking. You're forcing it, bro. No. You're not going to sell t-shirts with it, I promise you. I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> you can be... Fuck it. Anyway, so, but no, but either way, you asked me if I was feeling it on the, on the last one you were on, and I was like, oh yeah, dude. You're feeling fuck it, daddy? I am... Fu- yeah, I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hopefully you feel the next one. And yeah, plan to do the 26th of June. Right. All right, cool. Good night, buddy. Get some good Christian sleep. Good night, buddy. Get some... I've heard of head with holy dreams. Get some good... And sinful memes. Yeah, get some good skeptic sleep. <laughs> some skepticism. <laughs> oh, yeah, like some skepticism sleep? There we go. <sighs> get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> keep me past my bedtime. You're late. Now you're keeping me up. Get out of here. Will, fuck. stop doing all this bullshit that you bitch that I'm doing. Yeah, fuck you, man, you hypocrite. Sorry. <laughs> Sucking parasitic little tack. Good night. Good night.